Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 463 for the week of May 26, 2018. It is Memorial Day weekend. Yay! 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 Anna Marie is not joining us today because she had a surgical procedure on Thursday, which is why I had essentially a five day weekend this week. And yay! Nobody is it else. really a five day weekend when you're when helping you're your wife recover from. Yeah. I, yeah, no. It doesn't really count, but it kind of counts, sort of. She's low maintenance this time, so that's good. Though, of course, that's if good. she hears me say that, she's going to kick it up and become high maintenance. <sighs> oh, I'm low maintenance, am I? Here, how about you do this and this and this? No, that's not her. Hey, it, it could be worse. Thing. Yeah. I've heard I've heard horror stories about like pregnant women craving milkshakes from McDonald's at three in the morning and every machine being broken. <laughs> every machine, huh? Every machine in a tri-state area, they're all broken. Yes. <laughs> um, so you well, get we, it easy. We have a blender, so I'd have to make the milkshake. Does it bring the boys to the yard? No. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> <laughs> we were listening to the blender before the show. Kelly Ryan's joining me. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Uh, Jonathan Stringer, I heard you in the background there. Yep, yep, I'm here. Josh Carpenter. Yep, here today. And I'm Chris Privetier. Did I say that already? You're you listening. Hi, hi, you. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah. Is that everybody? Okay, okay, Joey. Okay, sorry. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? How you doing? Kelly, what you been playing, Kelly? Oh, not much. I uh, It seemed like every time I tried to get the Hyrule Warriors this week, life got in the way, and I'd either pass out or have issues that I had to deal with, and it'd be almost bedtime anyway. So I went I saw a photo of you at... hugging a cat. It seemed yeah. peaceful. <laughs> that, that was Xanax piece, oh, okay. not actual piece. Artificial. <laughs> <laughs> this tranquility getting... brought to you by Xanax. Xanax. <laughs> that was me sick of everybody's crap. Like, I am popping a Xanax, and I I'll tried see to you get some... <laughs> vent some frustration in Hyrule Warriors, and then got five minutes, and I'm like, well, I'm tired. Time to pass out. And hug it's... a cat. Snooze. But I'm I'm glad everybody likes that picture of me hugging Murray. Murray's very, a good it cat. It is very adorable. So instead, what I ended up doing was going crazy and platinuming Nino Kuni too, because I apparently wasn't done with that game. Oh, so you did all the, you finished the last thing, then the last dungeon. Yeah. Thing. But believe it or not, the hardest part about Platinuming Nino Kuni 2 wasn't the last dream door. It was trying to find all the freaking skirmishes. Oh, yeah. That makes because sense. you have you have to do 50 different ones, and they, ran, they pop up randomly on the map, and there's no way to go see which ones you've already done. So every time you zone in or out of an area, or every time you zone into a village and zone out they respawn so you have to fly around the entire world on the airship to see which ones have spawned mm. now luckily the little flags change color yeah when you've done them already so that's handy but then it's you still like, have to okay. go you have to fly yeah. over them to tell yeah yeah and the part that tripped me up and i didn't realize and this is a pro tip there's the one by evermore um 
has like seven different battles that you have to take place in. <laughs> and I didn't know that until I looked it up. Nice. So it's, I, I forgot which one it's called. It's like uh, Evermore Invasion or something. And there's like Evermore, Evermore Invasion 1, 1 through 7. Is that the one with Tyrone or Ty, Tyrell or whatever his name is? I, I don't the remember. The guy it's... who eventually joins your kingdom? Yeah, something like that. I know that the one that... No, you probably uh, would have already gotten that one because you need the... the yeah. He's a follower you need for the trophy. Yeah, so. and I one of the uh, achievements was find all of the followers, which I did. So, no, um, I th- I, it's the one where you have to defend Evermore and there's it, it increases in level every time you do it. Mm. So yeah, once, <clears throat> once Kelly, tell I me, realized... did you did you get to did you get the units that can summon dragons? Oh uh, yeah, those are fun. <laughs> Just yeah. summon the dragons. Like okay, you you got these guys. I'm gonna go over here now. <laughs> yeah, well, there was one really pain in the ass one in the Ice Kingdom, where you had to defend two settlements, and at the end, it just throws everything at you mm. and. I'm going crazy trying to run back and forth between the two settlements trying to survive and the actual strategy was to just let one settlement fall and then defend the other mm. as best as you can. And the ones where you have to chase down a guy and get them down before they escape made me want to throw my controller through the TV. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, you have to the, hold down the X button to run. Yeah. That, 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 that yeah. They tell you about once and nobody ever remembers you can do and like the comment threads for this thing is like, by the way, you can run. And like people yeah. are like, wait, you can run, you can run, you can run. Oh, this mission is totally doable now. Well, not only was that one a pain because you have to catch up to them, but then you have to use a bunch of snare abilities to be able to keep them from running even th- further because even though you can catch up to them, you still have to be able to hit them. Yeah, that was the one by Goldpaw. Yeah, I that... remember that one. That one flummoxed me until I realized, until I re- learned that there was a run function. It was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the rest of them are pretty simple. And then I, I thought I was gonna have to grind pretty bad to uh, finish the last dream door, and I think I got up to like level eighty before I got tired of level grinding. And then um, the boss in the last dream door is a breeze if you just keep the uh, the danger level down. Mm, okay, cool. So yeah, I just I, I face rolled that. I did I did that achievement on my lunch break, and that was one of the last ones. Or that was the last one that I had to do to get the platinum. Yeah. So and, the, here's the thing for me, I've been I that's all I've got to do is that, and then run around and do the army battles, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't think I care enough. I'm going to wait for the DLC to come out and then maybe that'll get me to come back to this game. It bothered me too much to have just two achievements left and then just leave it just mm. like that. I had to <laughs> I had to I had to be done with it. I, I realize I don't care me. about platinums. I normally don't because most platinum trophies are really stupid where they have to have you beat the game multiple times on multiple difficulties. So you like and this one because it's actually attainable? Yeah, it's, it's obta- if, if a platinum trophy is obtainable, I like to go for it because it does help me feel like I've completed the game and I've seen all that it has to offer. And this one did a very good job of that, um, you know, do, doing all the battles, um, cooking a bunch of stuff, making a bunch of stuff, 
uh, the only ones that I found to be really ridiculous was get 200 balls and then awaken 50 times. Just because for some reason I didn't do all of that in the Ooh, course. I bet of you the I game. haven't done those either. Yeah. I haven't but audited those... it, so I mean, yeah. But let me tell you, once you know how to farm those, those are pretty easy. How do you because... farm those? Yeah, um, the balls one, you have to get the spell to be able to replay bosses. Yes. And then you refight the gold paw boss over and over again because they have, um, that boss has magma stones that you can break and they drop mana balls and that counts. Perfect. But then what and about then awakening? The awakening one, you fight the final boss multiple times and holding the A button to awaken counts, but then you have to do one more fight and actually have a ball spawn. Oh, okay. Right. So they give you unlimited awakens in that fight, don't they? Yeah. So what I ended up doing was just grinding that one a bunch of times because I was leveling up anyway, and then I fought a, a tainted monster and just kind of hung around until an awakening ball spawned, and then I got it. Okay. And then just ran away from the battle. Hmm. And um, you'll probably be doing some of the stuff anyway, because um, one of the best ways to level grind post-game is to refight all of the Kingsmaker bosses. Right. Because bosses uh, just give you tons of experience in that game. Yeah, they do. And they start out, when you get the spell to reawaken them, they start out at like level 60 and go up five levels each time. Oh, jeez. And and I managed to fight the gold paw one up until like level one ten before it got way too hard. Um, the Hydropolis one got a little hard pretty quickly. The Ding Dong Dell one stayed pretty easy throughout. And then what was the last one? The Broadleaf one stayed pretty easy throughout and then at that point i was just kind of done level grinding and then even then you can do the um final boss too but it's kind of a pain to wait through all the cutscenes for that yeah i would imagine you can skip them all right yeah you can you can skip them all it's just still a pain yeah you, you can get in and out of the kingsmaker battle so much quicker than you can the uh other one i like the kingsmaker battles in that game but i don't know if farming I... them would be fun because they're very choreographed. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are, but I mean, up until the Gold Paw one got really hard, I was able to do that one in like five minutes each time. Hmm. I was, I felt like I was fighting the camera more than I was fighting the boss in that one. <laughs> the, the true final boss. Yeah, the camera. <laughs> but um... yeah, I... <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, okay, it was kind of tough taking that disc out and putting it back on the shelf because I, re I really did enjoy that game despite all of its flaws. Cool. So I, I don't know if I'm going to try the DLC or not. I'm, I'm really curious about it. I just wonder what else the DLC is going to offer. Yeah, I have no clue. I, have they announced it at all? I haven't heard heard anything, to be honest with you. They probably announced something and was like, uh, that doesn't explain anything. Yeah. So I I played that and I played a little bit of Hyrule Warriors. Um, 
I'm only like two or three maps and because I, I realized that you can get heart containers in the level and you can also get, um, well, you have to fight, get the skull, the gold skulltillas to get, um, pictures for upgrades and stuff. Oh. Only I'm getting frustrated with that because it, it's just like, um, finding Anna and Fire Emblem Warriors where, you know, you kill a certain amount of enemies and she spawns on the map and you have to go talk talk to her to buy the thing only trying to find where the hell the skulltella is is kind of a pain because it just shows you uh, about where it should be and i don't know i've been having trouble trying to find it every time i don't know if you played hyrule Warriors. Uh, i didn't did anyone else okay i did but it's been a while yeah <laughs> I remember. I I don't remember bothering with that. Yeah, I remember. I, mean, it being... I see a YouTube video that says all oh, hard mode skulltolas that you could use if you want. Mm. But this looks like for the Wii U version. Yeah, uh, yeah. should be the same. But I I haven't gotten very far in that, so I'll probably have more to say about it next week if I don't get sucked into the Sega Genesis collection, <laughs> which I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. And then I played more. Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey and got to the part where they um where it takes you to the new dungeon. Which yeah, is, I Anno think is... just did that dungeon. Um la- yesterday she just finished it. Did she do all of it? Yeah, right? Huh. No, she finished the third floor, she says. Okay, cuz I, I didn't understand did... because I I didn't know you could go and then leave. Yeah, I just did the first floor of it because that was all I had the ability to do. And truth be told, I really don't know what the purpose of that dungeon is other than... Anna, what's the purpose of that dungeon? New story, new demons, she says. Okay. Yeah, it sounded like a uh, kind of place where you could recruit more demons and do more things. There is a story to it, like collecting pieces of something for... Okay. Demeter or something like that. I don't know. I take it um, she bought the... Oh, hold on. What, Anna? And Alex is there, whoever Alex is. Okay. So maybe you know who that is. I don't know. (laughs) I'll have to play more. Alex Fuller, who writes for RP Gamer, a site that doesn't look like RP Gamer? Probably not. (laughs) I take it she bought the, the cheat DLC? Did you buy the cheat DLC? She bought everything, she says. Okay. Well, well, it's funny. I was just going to buy the gold farming bit and yeah. then saw that they had a four-pack that was like all four of them for a dollar off. So what are and the DLCs like, for people who don't know? Um, there is uh, – well, it installs apps on your Demonica, which is what <laughs> your power suit is. Oh, okay. And it's apps to increase your EXP, increase your – well, no, it's apps that, that cause items to drop that increase your EXP, increase your gold, um, find more, what was it, the crafting materials, and then find something else that I can't remember. So you're basically buying easy mode instead of yeah, it just being in the game. That's yeah, just... basically buying Thanks, easy mode. Thanks, modern video game developers. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is that they have free DLC that has uh, equipment that does the same thing, only not as powerful. Can you combine them? Huh? Can you combine the you two? Know, does it work? I, I think I haven't tried it, 
but I'm pretty sure you can. It's just that the paid one is a little bit more efficient and that you're not gimped because the uh, are, it's armor that you equip that lets you have more stuff. Or that, that gives you more um, more experience and more money. It's just you, you have to equip it and the armor's not very good. And there's also a free DLC sword and a free DLC uh, gun that's pretty good for that first dungeon. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's microtransactions and stuff like that, but it's one of those things that for SMT games, I like to at least get the gold one because money is always a huge issue in SMT games. So how much does this easy mode cost? Um... Each individual pack is two bucks, and you can get all four of them for six. So six bucks well, for full easy mode. Right. Well, it ends up being like seven after tax. Oh, okay. So, I I know it's it's scuzzy, but <laughs> to me, it's kind of worth it, and I support Atlas and want them to I mean, make. They're not more asking SMT. for a ton. It's it's kind of no. weird, but all right. Nickel and dime the people who don't have time. Is that what it Indeed. is, or is it the people who just want it to be more fun? Well, well, if if it's going to be, if you're talking about fun, shouldn't the game be that way in the first place? Well, that's well, just that the game is fun, but my, I'm about uh, making super demons, and in order to make super demons, you need a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of saving um, time. And, I mean, you can get a lot of cash in late game, but I like having super demons, access to super demons right away. Okay, so that's my thing and also another thing that I posted a screenshot of on my Twitter was uh, I know that this was being localized before he died but there is a demon whose dialogue is right from um, Arlie Ermey in Full Metal Jacket that I thought was kind of cute Not exact. They they censored some of the more colorful references, (laughs) but the sound off like you got a pair, uh, that kind of thing, which I I thought was good. (laughs) Somebody in localization had fun with that. Cool. So your journey continues to be strange. Indeed, very strange. Indeed. All right, and then that brings you. Oh, that you're done. Okay, cool. Let's see, Josh. Yeah. Tell us about Little Witch Academia. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> yes, you have to. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know how much. How much first more the I have Witch to of the Hundred Night Two, and now this. <laughs> like no, you can't no, catch a break. This... <laughs> no, no, this one isn't. This this definitely isn't Hundred Night Two bad for God's sake. Under Night Too Bad was like many years haven't played a game that bad, bad. This is just kind you of mean like since Witch in the Hundred Night One. Yeah. Which... <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. That's... <laughs> the NIS. Boy, they got they got something going on there. Um now like Little Witch Academia, like I'm almost done with it. The problem the irritating thing about that game is like that it's really close to actually being a good game but it just falls a little bit short. You know, they did a really good job. I think it looks really good. I think you've got it on the stream. Like, the game looks pretty good. And the um, 
<clears throat> and they did an excellent job incorporating, you know, voice act, fully voice acted, everything. But like the the little rough edges really start to get to you. And the game is probably 10 hours too long. I think I'm probably getting close. There's no clock in the game, but I'm probably getting close to like 30 hours now. And I, I would have been happy if this would have been over four or five hours ago. <laughs> but the the problem comes where like h- half of the game you're just exploring the uh, or actually more than half of the game you're wandering around the academy and doing side quests and even doing some of the main quests you know uh, to push the story forward and the problem is is that starting off there is no fast travel so you've got to you know wander everywhere and every time you go between one different part of the academy, there's like a little loading screen. And it's like five or six seconds where you're waiting for the next one to load. Which wouldn't be terrible, except that every once in a while you've got, you know, like you might have to go from the fourth floor of the academy to like a room on the first floor. And you can kind of sit through like 30 seconds of loading because you have to you have a loading every single time you go down the floor and then you finally go into that room. And it kind of, it makes... You know, it really makes those kind of sections lag. And they finally introduce a, uh, a fast travel mechanic, but it's gimped in its impl- implementation. Yeah. Because the, the only place that you can fast travel uh, to are like save points. There's like 10 save points around the academy, which might be okay, except that you can only fast travel when you're at one of those save points. So you may have to truck quite, you know, you may have to move. It might take you a couple of minutes to actually get to one of the places to win so that you can actually warp somewhere else. And I'm just sitting here thinking like so much of this game would be improved if they just had more fast travel points and you could just fast travel to those points from anywhere. It would save you so much time because you, you end up wasting a ton of time like, oh man, I have to go from, I'm on a fetch quest and I am going from one side of the academy all the way to the other side of the academy and i'm going to sit through like a minute and a half of loading screens to get from one point to the other and it just gets frustrating well let me tell you man i think having the fast travel is what made dino kuni 2 so good yeah we're just spoiled at this point i i i know and some people don't like easy mode stuff like that they think that it it just completely destroys the games but i think it makes them a hundred times better like i was okay with the first few hours not having fast travel because you're kind of learning the academy you know you're wandering around learning where everything is learning where all the different rooms are because later on in the game some of the side quests will kind of require you to remember like, oh, this person is generally going to be in this classroom at, you know, during the daytime, and this person's going to be off in the botanical gardens at night. So you, you learn that stuff so it makes things go easier, but it just mm-hmm. needed the fast travel later on. And I don't know how much of that may, you know, it may have been just a, the, the game is made in Unity, so I kind of wonder if this thing was originally made with, who knows, like the Vita in mind, and now you're kind of seeing some of the compromises they made. Mm-hmm. But. You're making me think of how people don't like uh, the PSP version of Persona 3 because they think the fast travel and that ruins the game, and I think it enhances it so oh, yeah. much better. But then how will you run around on screens and listen to the crickets? 
or the the, the locusts. Well, I that's mean, an important part of Persona per- Three for me. It's like hearing the, uh, the the locusts at the riverside. <laughs> I mean, if that's your prerogative, I just I don't like having to run around trying to find people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fair well, it, you know, it's the difference between maybe it being like a fifteen or twenty hour game and and it being an eighty hour game. Right. <laughs> and a lot of that ends up being just wandering from place to place. Right. Well, uh, maybe that's what they were going here, though, is like, oh, it, they knew that this I, is how you, it works in Persona and people like that. So, oh, it totally is. Like, I, I mean, like I said, I thought it was fine for the first 10 hours or so. I was cool <laughs> with it. And it's just kind of like, you know, you keep having these fetch quests and you keep having to wander from one side of the school to the other. And yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm older. I'm getting spoiled. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to put up with well, no, 10 or Persona doesn't days. give you fetch quests, so that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. well, there, there you go. That's true. But, you know. Yeah, I used to be able to put up with that is stuff. Is the story any like, good? Yeah, I think the story is pretty good. Would this be better as just watching the anime? You should just watch the anime. Is it even a story from the anime? No, no. Okay. It's, it's set up... It, off to the side of the mm-hmm. anime it takes place in the middle of the overarching story so it's set up so that it doesn't you know interfere with anything that goes on in the anime oh, so it has no consequences then awesome exactly my favorite well it has to <laughs> you know it has to it's a side it, it, it's a it's an anime tie-in game what do you want but it doesn't sound I, like it's fun to play. And the I've, the goal I've, of an anime tie-in game is to immerse you in the world that you're already a big fan of and have fun in that world. And it doesn't sound like this is very fun. <laughs> I, I have like, see, that's the thing. I'm trying to be careful because I have, I have enjoyed myself because I enjoy the under, I, I understand that I am enjoying it because I under, I enjoy the underlying property, but I can't imagine that anyone who wasn't a huge fan of little witch academia would really be enjoying this game and even if you are a fan i mean it's got rough edges that are going to grate on you a little bit so it's it's okay i wouldn't recommend it to anyone who's not a fan (laughs) all right so where does this take place in that like is there is this between like season one and two or something like that i don't remember the exact okay i don't remember like if i'm coming into this fresh how much of the anime do i watch and then i jump into here when is what i'm looking for but Oh well. Oh, you could probably watch the first half of it. Well, the half and the first half. Yeah, uh, yeah. How I long think... is it? A single season anime or something? Or it's it's a two season, so two it's seasons. like twenty four episodes. So watch I think. season one, then play this, and then watch season yeah. two. Yeah, that would work. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea if I care about this anime property at all because I haven't seen it yeah. whatsoever. It's on Netflix. You should watch that before you decide to play this. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you had so, your druthers, what would you play instead? Uh, uh, well, I've been breaking it up a little bit with you Yakuza finished Sakata Tyson though, too. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tell me about cats and Yakuza then. Yeah, I haven't played too much of Yakuza, but yeah, I've I forgot to mention that the last time because um, I don't know why, but somehow I forgot to mention the cat cafes. So when you're wandering around Yakuza in this game, there well. You, you go to this cafe, and this guy is trying to set up a cat cafe. And I don't know how many people know. Like, that's like a rage in Tokyo the last few years where people... I'm watching um, Kiryu had... pet a cat. Didn't you go to one in, in San Francisco, Kelly? Y- yes, I did. Um, it was pretty much just like a... Well, mostly like a J- uh, Japanese one. Though um, 
the food area and the uh, cat area was completely separate because that's how they kind of get away with it here in the U.S. Yeah. But basically, it's just like a little cafe and there will be lots of cats and you can go and play and pet, pet the cats. So this guy is trying to set one up and Kiryu agrees to help him in this this wonderful line. He's He says, like, Kiryu's like, I'm not doing it for you, but, well, i got to help the cats. <laughs> you know, this 50-something ex-yakuza tough guy, like, but, you know, he has a soft spot for cats. <laughs> so this cafe is going to be all um As my co-worker striking. says, Kiryu is the world's worst gangster. <laughs> yes, he is. That's what makes him so awesome. <laughs> So as you're wandering around the city, you'll just be walking along and you'll start hearing the row, row, row. Yeah, we, you... did, we did talk about this last week because I said that there was a similar thing in Tales of Zillia too. Yeah, we talked about it after the show. Oh, oh okay. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I was mentioning it after the show last week. Okay. In live. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, you came in late. That's right. <laughs> So let me tell you, if you have surround sound and you hear those cats meowing, do you freak out thinking it's yours? <laughs> well, usually my cat is like sitting on the couch next to me, so it's not a problem. But yeah, yeah, it, it very much sounds like it. Yeah, it will I, freak you out. I freak out because I think it's mine because it sounds like somebody's trapped in a closet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> as as someone who's had a cat trapped in a dresser, <laughs> I, can, oh, I, can, I know what this stuck. sounds like. My cats get stuck everywhere. <laughs> so you'll just be wandering around the city. You'll hear the cat start meowing and you'll have to find them because sometimes they'll like be hiding behind a car or, or other, you know, behind, next to a trash can kind of off in the corner. And I've had a couple times where I've just been like wandering all around like, I hear you, cat. Where the hell are you? <laughs> Just as I do in my own home, where you, mm. you hear the cat, but you can't find the stupid little bugger. Mm-hmm. So in order to get the cat to to come to the cafe, you gotta you gotta make friends with him. And you do that by giving him cat food. And there's I don't know what it is, like a dozen different types of cat food. All different flavors, including some Japanese flavors like Bonito Flake. I don't think I've ever seen Bonito Flake. They cat have them food here. In, uh no, they the, they're here? they're a treat. Ah. So bonito flakes are, are fish flakes. You dry the yeah yeah dry the fish and then flake them off and then um, yeah you can get those here. They're just not as common because they're mostly a Japanese cuisine thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have that in Alabama apparently. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you have to give different cats will like different kinds of cat food. So just like you know real life cats, you'll you'll spend like I forget there was this one. Uh, cat food that I assumed was like it costs like a couple hundred bucks in game. It's like twenty thousand yen. You buy this can of cat food, and I'm like, okay, this must be the cat food that just like works on all the cats. You know, like, oh, okay, if the other types of cat foods don't work on this cat, I'll give them the really expensive cat food, and that will work, right? I'm like, no, mm. there are cats that are just like, nah, I don't. Two hundred dollar cat food, nah, don't like it turn up their nose and walk away. Yep. <laughs> you basically like, just have yes. to have all the cat food until you find one that works, I think. Yep. Yep. This is not accurate to street cats at all. I will have you know. Cat street cats don't don't discern. S- street street so cats don't care. I've yeah. I've taken care of a couple of ferals and street cats will eat practically anything you put in front of them. 
Yeah, it's probably. It's not only accurate once to they get that. used to controlling yeah. you that they become exactly. picky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I've gotten like a stray or like the kittens we get from the uh, adoption place, and they're like ravenous, attacking you yeah. for all the food <laughs> until they learn manners. I mean, my one of my cats that I adopted from the Humane Society was so ravenous that we had to put a child lock on our pantry because he kept getting into it and uh, shredding entire boxes of Pop Tarts. <laughs> pop Tarts. Yes, Pop Tarts. <laughs> like Pop Tart. Which flavor? Um, like the s'mores flavor and the Ooh, cookie dough flavor. In good particular. taste, Kitty. <laughs> So, yeah, I, it's probably not accurate to real life, but I've been, you know, feeling uh, it, it feels like a like a cat just being a little bit of a jerk to you. Like, no, no, you may have spent 200 bucks on that. I don't care. <laughs> Try again, human. Yeah, I, I've had picky eater cats, but picky in different ways. Like um, Kiki, when he was still alive, he wouldn't eat ham, but he liked lettuce. Hmm. Yeah, go figure. I had a vegan cat, apparently. <laughs> I remember having a cat as a kid that would eat the uh, broccoli tops out of my mom's garden. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing, yeah, playing a little bit of Yakuza, breaking things up. The story in Yakuza 6 is really good. You get to the, oh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it was, right. it was very satisfying. And I'm almost at the end, and it's kind of killing me that I gotta finish off Little Witch Academia before I can really finish <laughs> off Yakuza Six. You poor thing. <laughs> oh, but I did finish one other game this week. It kind of like portable game in my free time was uh, I finally polished off Sakura Tyson, which I've been poking away at that for like three and a half months or something, something like that. That's this old. God, like 1995 Saturn game originally. I've been playing it on the PSP. And it's... I talked about it like three months ago when I started it. But it's a uh, combination of strategy RPG, although it's a little bit of a stretch to really call it RPG. I, I think it's kind of like grandfathered in <laughs> because there's almost no progression. Every... <laughs> There really isn't. There's just, you don't, the only way you actually increase character stats is by, um, as you play through the, the story bits of the game, it's kind of done like visual novel, but much more interactive than your typical visual novel. You got to choose where and, to stroke them. No, that, well, that comes later, actually, I think in the later ones. And the first one is just like you, you have, um, what, what do they call it? The lips system, which don't ask me what that stands for. I don't remember <laughs> anymore. It, it's an acronym for something I don't remember anymore. But you'll have like, like someone will ask you a question and you'll have like three responses, but you'll have a very limited amount of time to pick your response. And so, <laughs> you know, you might only have like three seconds to kind of decide really quick. You got to pick one. And the the character's stats will actually increase depending on the choices you make in the dialogue, if you make choices that make some of the characters happy, their stats will be raised in the following battles. So it's a really bizarre sort of progression system. But, you know, that game is just delightfully bizarre because you're you're playing as an army... You're playing an army group who is fighting demons, but you're also... You're staying undercover as a, uh, a musical theater troupe. 
because, you know, anime. I don't know why. <laughs> and even though you're undercover, every time there's like a big, uh, a big threat to Tokyo that, you know, there's tons of monsters and there's a huge threat, the, the theater transforms into a runway and a giant airship shoots out of the theater <laughs> and goes off to fight the demons. And you're kind of like, how, how how are we undercover? Okay, we'll just we'll just we'll just, just go roll with it. it. Yeah, roll with it. <laughs> and isn't like the person who was put in charge of it? He knows nothing about any of this. Like, yeah, you get yeah. you get assigned to this, and it's like you don't know anything going on. <laughs> that that's like the joke at the beginning of the game. You're like, oh, I'm going to take over this military group, and then you show up, and they're like, okay, kid, here, you know, take tickets at the theater, <laughs> and you're like, like, what the what? hell are you talking, about? huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the joke for like the first two chapters. Yeah. And then there, all of a sudden there's a battle and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and how are you how are you playing this, by the way? PSP. PSP, do you use a translation patch or a walkthrough? I have never found a translation patch. There might be one that I haven't seen. I know there was some group that was working on doing one on the PC version of it. Mm-hmm. But I never heard anything about that. I was playing at PSP and then using a, uh, uh, I had a uh, FAC with a translation in it on my tablet. I'm using, uh, what is it, FACR on uh, Android. Okay. Kind of keep track of where I was in the in the thing. And so, actually, oh, go ahead. Sorry, is this emulated or is this a remake? It was a, uh, this was an official release on the PSP. Oh, okay. Actually, they put... It was originally on the Saturn. They remade it for Dreamcast, and then I think that the Dreamcast version was the one they used to make put it out on PSP in like 2005 or six. They put the first two games bundled together on PSP. Okay, because I was gonna say if you got Saturn emulation on the PSP, then I am jolly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sega figured this out. Okay. I think it's a. Good. I think they're using the Dreamcast one because it's uh, all of the, uh, all of the art, and the uh, cutscenes are in widescreen actually. But the gameplay is uh, old school four by three. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me they're using the Dreamcast version because Saturn games never translate well. No, they ever, do. ever to anything. <laughs> hey, they ported Knights, right? Or was that a sequel? No, there was. There's a PS2 version of Knights in Japan only. Mm. That must be what they used. And then that's what they used for um, the Steam version and the HD versions was the PS2 version. So I think I think the closest we've ever got is I think the uh, 360 version of Radiant Silver Gun. So yeah. So I got to the end, got to the last battle of of that, and it kind of surprised me because most of this game has just been the battles are really easy, and then you get to the last, the very last battle, and it kind of kicked my butt. <laughs> like I very nearly lost. <laughs> Probably half the reason because I was, you know, I'm used to not pay, having to really pay much attention, and then you get to this last battle, and it's like, oh crap, this is tough. <laughs> I need to pay attention to what the heck I'm doing. I've had a lot of so strategy got, RPGs right. do that to me. Someone on the chat room wants to play a game in this series. What is their option? Just the Wii version, right? The Wii and PS2. 
sacrifice sacrifice wars so long my love so, someone's saying there's a steam version so how does this work steam version yeah i don't What's know what steam they're talking version? about i don't either I'm looking for it. I don't see a Soccer Wars or a Soccer Tyson. I'm seeing those uh, those soccer games we were looking at earlier on Steam. Uh, that's something else. Oh. Yeah, you don't want yeah, those. those are... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so that's mean... totally Maybe you do want those, but no, there's something that's totally not different. That. <laughs> yeah, bust out your Wii. <laughs> Get Soccer Tyson 5, So Long, My Love. And that's the closest yep. you'll get. That's more yeah, like that's... a Western theme, but instead of Japanese theme. It, but... it was set... Well, yeah, but it has that same sort of feel. It was set in New York City in the twenties. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought there was cowboys in that one. There but are, it's, and it's in New York. <laughs> and it's in New York. Sure. Okay. Sure. Why? Why should I be surprised by this? The why not? This is very much one of those games where you're just like, okay, sure, let's go with it. <laughs> this is New York. <laughs> Japan thinks all of all of the U.S. has cowboys, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Clear. Clearly, Japan does not get paste picante sauce commercials. I'm yeah. just putting that New York out there. City. <laughs> and the theater is right in the middle of Times Square. And once again, every time they have to go out and fight the demons, like the theater transforms into a giant runway. Perfect. And the you know, the airship comes out right in the middle of Times Square. But don't worry, they're undercover and no one no no one notices in the middle of Times Square that an air airship is taking off to go off and fight the demons. You know, no one puts that together. <laughs> oh man, it it it's good and crazy. I'm looking forward to the the reboot of it. I hope Sega doesn't screw it up. I hope so bad. I would not hold your breath. No, no, gonna try not to. Try not to get too excited. Oh lord. Oh, the ending of the game. I forgot. I forgot. So most of the game, the bad guy is like this. Um, I kind of got fooled by the ending because most of the game, this bad guy is like wanting to restore Wait, the Shogunate. Wait, are you going to spoil it? Should I spoil it? I, I would rather Maybe. you not because oh, it sounds like people are getting into it in the chat room. So Okay, I'll leave it be. <laughs> I'll leave it be. I got surprised. They could be, we, we could see if they get surprised. Yeah. Too. I'll leave it be. Right. <laughs> Surpri- su- suffice it to say, the game has a lot of, lot of style and charm. <laughs> Yes. But that's all I played this week. That's I like enough. this because it's robots, it's Japan, and it's samurai all in one yep. game. I wish it came oh. out here, but people have been wishing that for a long time, and it isn't going to make it. So at least we got the fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not the best, right? But That that seems to be the consensus of the fandom, is that like that is actually the weakest of the five. <laughs> go figure but that was the one that came out at the point where it was like we can try and make this happen commercially so yeah and 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 the the rumors are that nis kind of took a bath on it so yeah i'm not surprised Um, oh well didn't something similar happen with the front mission series where we got a bad one on the ps2 and we got a number of front missions didn't we yeah, but I, I remember Manny a long time ago saying that we got the horrible one on the PS2 and then a yearly good one came out. But because the horrible one did terrible here, they never bothered to localize the good one. It, yeah. Isn't that the, the same one that's pretty good? But I remember, didn't they come out with like an action style version? Oh, that thing. Oh, yeah. wasn't that Maybe 360 though? Yeah, that was 360. 
Wouldn't that be the same for the Metal Max series where we got that one pretty mediocre one on the PS2? And I don't never, know anything never about Metal Max. I missed this entire series until the most recent thing. Like, what is this Metal Max series? And now there's this one coming out it's this dinosaurs year. dinosaurs with guns yeah, on Yeah, I them. get what that, but I don't remember know? it happening before this version. Like, I missed this entire old one. Well, I think the last couple of them have been on 3DS. Anna says we got one and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> that That's my memory. It was like back in the PS2 era. We got like one, it wasn't good, and it's never come out again. And yeah, Volsek in the chat room is saying Front Mission 3 was on the PS1 and it was decent, and then Front Mission 4 came out and it was awful, and then Front Mission 5 we never got, and it was okay. So uh, it sounds like, like FM3 is the one you wish you had, though. Sounds like that's like well, the really good one. Yeah, I've I've got that one. I, I just I thought that I think the there's one that there's we... translations for Front Mission Three, right? There must be. People um, go crazy I know with Square Games. <laughs> I know there's a trans there's a fan translation for Front Mission Five on the PS2. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, well, you know, I, the, we don't have time to go through all the retro games no, right now. No, I, I guess what I was trying to say with this is that... Oh, Front Mission Americans, 3 was localized. Okay, I yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. See? Thank what you. I, what I, the point I was trying to get at was that Americans are always getting screwed with getting the crap game in the series and then the next one being amazing. Okay, so we got three, we liked it, we got four, it was terrible, and they didn't give us five. Yeah. Got it. The PS2 one wasn't terrible, I liked it. Which one was that? Uh, I guess that's four. The PS2 one. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the exact same thing happened with Valkyria Chronicles too. Front Mission 4 was PS2. So, okay, so you liked it, but apparently other people didn't. <laughs> it must not have sold well, I mean, regardless it of its amazing, quality. Yeah, it's it, all, it looks like 7 out of 10s everywhere. 7 and a halfs. So. Whatevs. And Fresh Mission 5, we didn't get. And some, oh, yeah, seven and a halfs to an eights and nines, whatever. I don't know. I miss Manny. He was my Front Mission translator. He'd tell me all the things I need to know about Front Mission. Uh, okay, enough about Front Mission. Enough about Soccer Tyson. I have questions for you, Jonathan. What did you play? What types of questions? I, I don't know. I just want to know what you played. I, I built that well, up like it's a big thing. I really don't know. It uh, looks like you played Sweet Coden again. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to talk to you about. I, um, um, I still haven't played. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, what is wrong with you, Chris? Um, everything. How can you host an RPG podcast and not have played Sweet Coden 2? I've bought it. It's like... It's like <laughs> It's like blasphemy. It's blasphemy. <laughs> so I hurt my back last week. Oh, I'm and sorry. I had some time off work. So I actually, but it kind of hurt too much to sit on the PC, so I wasn't playing on my PC. So I was like, all right, let's play some console stuff. And so I kind of did like a random number generator in my game inventory, and it popped on Sukoden. So like, yeah, I've been meaning to play through the others. So I've previously beaten Sukoden 1 I didn't get the I missed something to not get the perfect import in the Sukoden 2 
And then I've beaten Suikoden 3, and I've played all the way through Suikoden 2 and didn't beat it, like, maybe the last hour or something. This was back in high school, so probably right after it came out in, like, 99 or 2000, so it's been a long time. So I went through, and I played and beat Suikoden 1, and uh, it's, a, it's actually one of the fast game of the series. If you rush through it, you can beat it in, like, 15 hours. Um, if you want to do everything, it's probably in the lower 20s, like 22-ish. Okay. And uh, so it's it's pretty quick little romp. It's um, after playing other stuff, there's some deficiencies it has. It's good, but it's some you know just little things here and there. It's kind of much more straightforward. Doesn't have you know a lot of presentation story stuff you know it's got some things and it's is charming. it worth playing through at this point to get that import or does it not matter and you should just go to two i think you should play it you oh, get okay. an extra character by doing it uh, so if you're not i don't know if you're suit code and you hit you get 108 characters and uh-huh. so a lot of the f- enjoyment or, or the maybe not if you say enjoyment or not but so a lot of the focus in the game is going out and collecting some of the more obscure characters in these games which some of them are you know you just get them from the story some of them you have to go to special places and do certain things to to recruit them and uh, not all of them are playable in your party but most of them are some of them uh serve functions in like a castle or a home base you get so uh, you get a home like uh i guess nino kuni 2 kind of took a page from sukoden and uh, yeah like that so you you get your little home base and castle where usually where you go back to for uh, in between big quests and events and you can uh, recruit you know armor shop guys item shop people blacksmiths that sharpen your weapons you actually don't buy weapons in Suicode and you sharpen them which actually is pretty nice because you never played RPGs where you start getting gold and it's it's an issue maybe in the first quarter of the game but after that you just have more gold than you can ever spend Sui Coden does not have that problem as you (laughs) almost never have enough gold because sharpening your weapons on 108 character or probably what 70 to 80 playable characters wherever it is is really really expensive (laughs) and like prohibitively expensive so but you get money fairly easily and quickly and um, so that, that to me, I actually kind of think it's nice. You also get six players in battle. There's a front row and a back row dynamics. You can, uh, certain characters have affinities with each other, which you can unite them to do special attacks, which are usually pretty OP, especially in Suit Code 1. Um, if your main character had his uh, old master with him, Kai, you could do uh, attacks against all enemies and pretty much. They're pretty dominant in taking down, you know, regular mob trash type spawns they weren't obviously as good as bosses because it's a aoe attack and it takes up both their turns but uh if you're facing three or more enemies there it's really good but so you go through the story's pretty cool it's kind of more of um it's somewhat political-ish and there's some funny parts and two code ones real straightforward real quick uh you could tell they're hey we're gonna try making an rpg and it took a some of the you know pages from final fantasy games and and Dragon Warrior games, Dragon Quest games, and all that. So you can kind of see those influences in there, but they're trying their own thing. But Suicoden 2 is really where it blossoms. So the presentation's there. Uh, at the time, people didn't like the graphics as much because it's all 2D sprite stuff. 
Um, but now I think they've aged much, much better than, say, the 3D Final Fantasy games and some of the other 3D PS1 RPGs of its time. So I think they look great. And uh, I'm playing it on... Uh, I have a disc copy, but to save my disc copy and to be able to swap it back and forth between my Vita and my PS3, I've been playing the digital one from the mm-hmm. PSN store. So I played some on the PS3, and then I transferred my save over to my Vita, and then I play on my Vita. And uh, so that's pretty convenient. Um, and I don't want to damage the disc. It's a pretty uh, somewhat hard-to-find game. And um, Yeah, Suikoden 2 goes for a pretty penny. Yeah. It's probably the most expensive game on the PS1. Uh, there's a few others, but it's up there for sure. I think uh, Tron Bond, Misadventures of Tron Bond is a little higher. I think it's almost 200 now. Really? Because yeah. uh, back in the day, Tron Bond hadn't got hit quite that peak, and so he couldn't, too, just never, ever went down in price. Yeah, so he couldn't, too, sitting about 120. Uh, the uh, PSN release actually didn't really affect it that much, but... Uh, um, but yeah, so I'm playing through it right now. I like I said, I've played it before. I remember some characters. I remember bits and pieces of it. Uh, there, but there's been certain quests and dungeons that I'm like, I do not remember this at all. Um, so that's pretty. It's almost like I'm playing a new game in some ways, but I'm not. Um, I know the people love Luca Blight, which is the uh, main villain in the game. Like he, the Captain Planet villain? I don't know. No. I isn't mean, that her? Isn't that Dr. Blight? Isn't that from Captain Planet? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That? They're both crazy, so they could be related. Oh, she's Barbara Blight. Uh, okay. Uh, Never mind. <laughs> so, like, in our RP Gamer villain poll thing we did, like, a year or two ago, I think the, the last two ended up being Kefka versus Luca. So people enjoy him as a, as a uh, villain. And... There's not always just a good and evil. There's some gray in Suikoden. So they, I think they do a fairly good job, especially for an earlier 90s Japanese RPG with story and, and getting invested in some of the characters. Now, not all 108 characters are equal, right? So there's probably a focus on 15 to 20 characters at the most, and the other ones are more filler. Um, and they maybe sometimes they have their little moment to shine in a certain quest, but after that you never really have dialogue from them again. But then there's some characters, and some of them are recurring from Suicoden 1, so I definitely recommend playing Suicoden 1 because there are main characters that come over from that game. So it's... Now, while Suicoden 2 is a different location, it's like the... It's a, geographically right north of the map in Suicoden 1, you actually go to the Suicoden 1 area at one point, I remember. And this story is encompassed in of itself, but you get a much more appreciation for some of the lines, some of the characters, and all that if had you played the first one. So I thought that the three characters from the first game you could recruit. Okay. If you, uh, oh, you could. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. It's been a while. And one of them I don't want to spoil too much. but Yeah. No, you I know who you're talking about. Get the, the perfect ending, so he'll be there in Suicoden 2. Yeah. So I know Chris is still yet to play it, so I don't want to spoil too much for him, even though the game's yeah. like 30 years old. But See, <laughs> I, old. I got the perfect ending in the first game, and then I screwed up a character recruitment in the second one, and it was the one in the strategy battle where you had to cherry tap him in order to get him to join. 
Uh, I haven't done it yet. Okay. I don't even remember that part. It's been so long since I played. I would I say I was a junior in high school, I think, when I played it. So it I was think, 18 years ago. I forgot half the game. I think I was. Funny, is there really a point in this where you jump in a river and they play the credits like you got a game over and then the game keeps going? It's not the. It's like the game starting credits. I thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the, okay. Here's that was your intro. That's it's your late title card. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like an end credits. Like, oh, you screwed up. <laughs> so the presentation in this one is much more uh, involved, or much more. Um, uh, I guess yeah. Evolved from the first game. It feels more of a higher end game than just okay. Here's your little RPG adventure. So the story, the how the, the cinematic stuff they do, the uh, just the little touches are all there, and uh, it really looks playing on the Vita. It looks like when I was playing like Growlancer Generations or not Generations, but uh, Six or whatever, Wayfarer of Time, and all that. It kind of looks like a, a, a late PSP RPG. It kind of those graphics are, are fairly similar to what they're doing there. So it's it's really got a charming look. Uh, I really like the 2D sprite work on it. Um, I have a question for you. Yep. If I'm going back to these games now, how stressful are they to get everybody? You uh, need a guide. Guide, yeah. You need a guide. Can you miss follow, them if you screw yeah. up? Yes. Oh, yes. That sounds very stressful then. Uh, if you follow the guide, it's pretty easy. The Especially Suicoden 1. Suicoden 1... Uh, how much does most... it matter that I get everybody then? If you it, matters. it matters. If you want the best ending. <laughs> what? You want the better ending, and you want to import in the Suicoden 2, it matters. Now, the import from Suicoden 2 and the Suicoden 3, especially if you're playing the PSN version, you're not going to have it on a video, or sorry, a memory card, so... You can't you import it, it on, Yeah, right. So, But I think the Suicoden 2 to Suicoden 3 import's not as significant as the 1 to 2 is. So I don't think you miss much from the not importing into 3. Yeah, uh, see, I... I couldn't import from. Uh, I think three was the first one I played in the series, so I didn't have. What if I just play two. three? <laughs> is there one but of these that I could just play rather than having to play the three? Best. Oh, two is the best. Okay. And three has some carryover from the other ones too. There's a few characters that one, two, and three are pretty chronological. Uh, four is like a hundred and fifty year prequel. And five is like a six-year prequel to the first. And the carryover characters on those, there's only a couple. But I don't want to spoil anymore. All right. I haven't played four and five yet. I just I just know that's the timeline. See, I was about to ask you if you'd played five, because that's the one that I didn't finish. No, and I hear five's really good. I yeah. Four it was is probably the weakest in the series. Yeah. Um, four, just kind of hampered by the sailing before you get the fast travel and I got most of the way through the game before I realized that you could dash in the ship. So <laughs> Well four also I think you can only have uh, four characters in battle instead of yeah. six to change the battle system. So to me when you have a you know close to a hundred characters and you start limiting how many in battle that means you can't use as many and some of your knights aren't as is um nice or involved or complex it just it dumbs it down a little to me I think but that's one of the things I always liked about the Suicoden series is you can have six characters in battle and so you, I like to try a bunch of different characters so Chris the first one the first one's a breeze it's pretty easy 
there's a few hard boss battles. Uh, well, I'm not worried about the up. challenge in the game. It's about missing characters that stresses well, me no, out. Not that so much a challenge, but how quick you can go through it. But like, there's not there's a little bit of grinding, but oh, not much. You didn't tell me there was an Iron Chef battle. There is. Which one? Apparently, in two, there's an Iron Chef battle. Uh, yeah, probably. This is important get... to me. <laughs> See, now you're talking my language here. We yeah, some little Chef. strategy battles you can do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, isn't that this thing? It's like there's big war battles occasionally, yep, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And duels, and, too. Yeah, oh, duels. good. Yeah. Actually, the duels, if you don't have a guide, can be the hardest part. And there's one duel especially that if you don't have the guy leveled up and prepared and you get unlucky, I had to restart it like three times to save one guy. So, And I was doing it right. It's just, I, I don't want to say more, but trying to save pawn i remember back when we first my friend was first playing it uh i didn't I actually play suko in two before i played one but i watched my friend playing one a whole bunch so i kind of already had an idea so i kind of played along with him but not played it and i remember when he lost that character and we just thought oh okay he just he just dies there but i found out later he can survive it just seemed <laughs> to. <laughs> um you have to do something you wouldn't think to do would you well you just have to win the duel oh okay and it's not a game. See, a lot of times you lose the duels or something, it's a game over. But in this specific one, you can lose it and continue. You just lose the character. Mm. So uh, it's it really stands up. Sukun 2 especially really stands up. Uh, there is random battle encounters, but they aren't that bad to me. And when you over-level over the enemies, you can just let them go. So you don't have to have like a special item to not have in random encounters. You just okay, let them go and just keep going. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's it's got a lot of those little convenient things in it that you kind of take for granted. That when you play other RPGs like that, you're like, hey, man, it would be really nice if we had this. So it's got a whole lot of that, and uh, I'm so I'm really. So here's a question: it. Am I ruining these games if I play it with a guide? No, no, no. no? There, I'm not taking thing, the fun out of it. It's hard to say that to a degree, maybe a little bit. I mean, are but, there like really well written spoiler free guides or something? Or I believe the, so. It's been a while. Or is it I just, just try not to matter? Scan through the guide, <laughs> yeah. Just to when I'm like up to an area. Okay, do is there any? Because sometimes you have dialogue options that's not very obvious what it's going to be so that's a downfall sometimes so the guide will say choose either option or pick this one pick that one and then i won't read like what it says about it i'll just experience in the game just to make sure i don't pick something that's going to screw up my file mm-hmm. uh, or okay a lot of suicode one's real bad about this and suicode two's got a few instances so far where you leave an area of something, you think you're done with that area, but you got to like go right back into it, and then a character appears there you recruit. So a lot of times you wouldn't go back to the town you just left. So there's a lot of characters you can miss that way. I say a lot, maybe like four or five. So they, a lot of times they pop them in little areas. There's a few, uh, I think Clive is one of the tougher ones to get because he can randomly show up at a certain spot, and you just have to keep leaving, coming back in, leaving, coming back in, and finally he shows up. So he's one of the few random occurring and he's hard to get in the second one too i believe and he's pretty good too and there's one like you go all the way through a dungeon all the way to the top this one he's kind of a pain in the ass and the enemies are pretty hard at this one and you kill the boss and you gotta go all the way down you gotta walk through it you can't actually escape out of it because most dungeons you can use an escape talisman and it shoots you out to the beginning this one you can't 
And then the guy you pick up is back right where the boss was. So you have to go all the way up, all the way down, and all the way back up. That was probably the most annoying character to get, but it wasn't. It still only took me a few minutes because the dungeons are pretty short, pretty quick. And if you can do the let go thing where you, your guys are over leveled, and you're what's also nice is if a character is way behind in experience, uh, levels really increase the amount of experience you need significantly per each level. So if you have like a bunch of level 30 guys and you have a couple of level 10s in your party, you do like two battles at the newest enemies and they'll be like level 30 or at least 28 along with your other guys in like two battles. So you can catch up all of your under level people uh, in just a few uh, encounters. So it's, you, it's, you know, some games you get a low level character and you're like, oh, such a chore to get them leveled up with the rest of the guys. This one, it's like you can, it's just a few, a few minutes. So you can kind of play around and use all your characters however you like. But I didn't, for this replay suite coding one, since I've already played through it, I didn't care to do the full experience. I just wanted to slam it out. I didn't really explore much just to get the good save file to go into suit coding two. Because I remembered most of Suit Code 1. And it's an inferior, it's a good game, but it's not as good as 2. 2 is, I'd still say probably that having not played 4 or 5, I'd still say 2 is the best in the series. And I, I think that's still the consensus for, for others as well. Yeah, that's how I felt. So, you need to play it, Chris. <laughs> so, so you I already can... have. Yeah, I know. It, so... My, my story coding story is um, on my birthday one year, my dad and I went to Best Buy and he was like, here, I, I need to go look at dishwasher. So you go pick out your, your birthday game. And I picked out story coding four and I go back to the dishwashers and my dad is with a salesperson. And he's like, oh, what would you pick out? And I showed him again. He's And he's like, soy, soy, scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> And that salesperson, like, hurt himself trying not to burst out in the laughter because of Dad saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dad was not good with Japanese words. (laughs) Has Anna played these, Chris? Anna, have you played these? Suikoden games? She played the first one, she says. Okay. Oh, that's right. She may not have liked the first one, did she? I don't know. You know, the first one I don't think went over very well because that was like one of those pre-Final Fantasy VII RPGs, and that's when people were really down on sprites back yep. then. Same with Suku and too. It was uh, the reason why it's hard to find is because they didn't sell a lot of copies. Uh, it's like become this big following after the fact. And it, part of the reason was the no 3D, yada, yada, yada. It looks old, blah, blah. Actually, I don't think it looks good. Suit Code 1 looks kind of like a Super Nintendo RPG. Yeah, it does. Um, Suit Code 2 steps it up a good bit. But it's still, it's probably, it's, it, Suit Code 2 looks like an enhanced Super Nintendo RPG. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it looks better, but it's still the 2D stuff. But to me, like I said, it's aged so much better. It looks nice still. Yeah. It's really fun on the Vita. It's, it, it plays great and looks Sweet awesome. Sweet 1 looks a lot like Shining Force on the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see some of that. Yeah. Man, if only we knew then what we knew now. And uh, pic- Pixel uh, Art would come back in a big way. <laughs> I really wish they'd 
continue the series, I'm sad that that's probably never going to happen. So, or oh, it's sure. Konami, you know. I'm sure it'll port. happen as a mobile game yeah. or a pachinko machine. It probably already is a pachinko machine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for those. I'm probably about a third of the way into two right now. I'm only maybe even maybe a quarter of the way into two. It's a longer game. It's about a 40, 45 hour game, I believe. Where the first is really fast. Yeah, there is a Genso Genso Suikoden Pachisiro game trailer. Yeah, Yeah, it's Suikoden 4 based. So, (laughs) they've got it. (laughs) Uh, The real pisser is that they was going to do a 1 and 2 remake on the PSP, and we didn't get it here because it had to be because of the stupid 20% different rule. Hmm. What's that rule? Well, when the PSP first came out and a whole bunch of remakes were being made, Sony of America implemented a rule that a game had to be 20% different from its original before uh, they uh, would let let stuff get localized here. That's why we didn't get the Breath of Fire 3 remake. That's why we didn't get the Tales of Eternia remake. Well, the Breath of Fire 3 ones, they released in Europe at least, so you can get an English copy. Well, yeah, and they eventually put it on the English uh, PSN store. Did they? Okay. Oh, it's yeah. a slot machine. It's not a pachinko <laughs> game. Oh, interesting. So that's with those two. I also, I still haven't finished Battletech. I've put a ton of hours into it, but I, I have one last mission, story mission to do, and I was going to do it, and then I like lost several. I had a few bad uh, missions and. Some of my mechs were down, and I got a couple of my pilots killed. And it was kind of a bad little stretch there. Some tough missions, and so I've been you, doing a bunch of. Here's a question for you. So now you've just brought this up. So I haven't started BattleTech yet, yep. and I feel overwhelmed when I think about getting into BattleTech. And I realize it, it, it's it's the same overwhelm I feel about getting back into Divinity. And it's it's not because I anticipate the games really being hard, though that's certainly part of it. It's just they're so involved, right? You're yep. thinking about so many things and managing so many details of your party and, and and just spending so much time on it. How do you get yourself motivated to get into those games and finish them up? <laughs> oh, because they're fun. Yeah. That's like my bread and butter type games. Right okay. There is those. And I also see, I to people, are you new to Battletech in general? Yeah. That's going to be extra tough. So I know about the mech. I've played the board game way back, tabletop way back when I was a kid and I've played some of the other games in the series I know how some of it works and some of the weapons so probably the most complex thing to do is tweak your mech and they made it a little more simplified in this one uh, because you can't do engine changes and you don't have some of the the more advanced tech but dealing with weapon slots uh, heat output and putting in your tonnage there's like a juggle of men maxing that stuff and, and tweaking the mech to, to how you want it to, to fight. You want it to be close range, long range, melee, medium support, that kind of stuff. So, And then you also want to match up your uh, certain mech abilities with the pilot skills. So the pilot has, okay, well, this mech is, you don't want a pilot that's a really good pilot that's fast and put it on a slow mech without jump jets because you're not going to be able to take advantage of those pilot skills on that kind of mech. You want a gunner or a, a, a guts mech pilot with a lot of defense on 
a mech that can just sit there and has a huge arsenal and a lot of armor, but it's really slow. You want those guys on that because they can do more damage. So there is some pairing of that kind of stuff and uh, that uh, gets involved. But the, probably for someone new to the series, the biggest obstacle or hurdle will be how and why do the mech loadout things work. Or you could really just go stock. But that's probably the, that's still probably the biggest thing. And the game has its moments of being hard, especially at the beginning, and you're, you're learning all that. But I think it gets a lot easier later, and then it starts getting a little bit hard again with the five scroll missions. So you just get overwhelmed with a lot of big mechs. But it's so fun. I really love it. Sorry, like, I'm just mesmerized. I'm mesmerized by this <laughs> sweet and slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> trying to understand what the hell this guy is doing. <laughs> He's trying to collect these orbs. I, I don't know. This is not just a normal slot machine. This is something Japanese. I don't know. It's designed to take money from your pocket. That's I'm what sure it's designed that. to do. Yeah. And one other new game I got that's State of Decay 2. Yeah, that's a co-op zombie fighting game? E- no? Yes. Yes? Yes. A lot of it, it's kind of... Um, I played the first one and really liked it. The, the problems I had, the first one was good. I love the idea of it. It was fun. It was just kind of janky. It's, uh, it had a lot of bugs and a lot of goofy programming stuff in it and all that. But it, the the foundation and the core of what was there is still fun enough to, to play through that. So this is supposed to have that a lot better. And now you can have friends play. So you basically, you're, 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 the zombie apocalypse has happened and you're like in a city. And you go and you make a little, uh, you have some characters and you make a home base. So there's a lot of RPG elements that you can level up your characters in. This one gets tired, this one gets hurt, and you switch out to one of your other characters. And you go around, and there's some story stuff in it, and uh, your progression. And you find other survivors, you join up to your team, or you find another outpost of survivors, and you trade with them and deal with them. You go into houses and you... Um, you uh, salvage and bring stuff back to your base and you can build buildings in your base like an infirmary or workshop or stuff like that so it's kind of like a light rpg-ish light zombie survival horror you know um uh it's not a simulation but it's it's kind of got all those little elements together and i don't know i, I think it's a lot of fun so and i've started i haven't played multiplayer I, my brother got it and some other friends we've been meaning to and we're having trouble connecting last night because it's uh it's not on steam it's on that windows 10 games it's xbox live stuff but if you have an xbox one i can like play on pc with someone that's playing on xbox one so that's right. that's pretty yeah. cool so that's my first experience with the windows 10 gaming stuff it makes me think division with machetes um <laughs> maybe that's not no, accurate <laughs> it's not okay it's not like it's not like mission based and, oh, and okay you get it's not like a division to me is more like a so, Diablo type shooter. Is this more like Left 4 Dead then, or different than nope. that even? Okay, it's different than that. Um, I'm trying to think of what it, it's not. It's so it's it's survivor like. So what it's do you like do? The, like, what is your goal? Do you have a mission? Do you have anything? Do you just run yeah, around and keep some, killing stuff. I remember in the first one, your goal was there's like a story. There's a few different modes, but the main story mode is you have your survivors, you you get your base, you make your base level it up, get more followers, and then you like escape out of the area in like an RV, so you got to fix it up and 
and get out. So it was like a 15 hour, 20 hour experience of doing. There was the, there was a goal and there are some events that happen, um, story events and stuff. So okay. this one's supposed to have that too. So you kind of go through and it's like I, I'm trying to think of the right terms to describe it. It's like a RPG strategy surviving, but it's not like a strategy. It's third person. You run around. So it's got a bunch of little elements from all those types of genres, I guess. But going and getting, it's like your your base needs more building materials to build this, and your base needs more medicine for to heal your wounded and your sick because they can. You get a plague zombie that hits you. Your character is then sick, and you got to heal them up. They'll they'll die. That kind of stuff. So you're different characters. I haven't played much of the second one yet. Maybe like an hour or two. It's because. I've been playing Sukodens, but right. it's like a fun multiplayer thing. Yeah, not even single player. I've been excited for it because I played the first one and enjoyed it so much. So, cool. even I was like, man, this would be, and through the first one, I was like, oh, this is pretty good, and it'd be so much better if they did this, or so much better if they did that, or man, this is the way this car does this is dumb because, and you find a bunch of little bugs that pop up. Like, this would be so much better if they polished this. And I think this is what that's supposed to be. Good. So I'm looking forward to it. That's it for me. Full price game on that one? It's, I got it, it's $30. Oh, okay. Uh, and I got it for $25 on New Egg. Get a $5 code on launch. Is that so, new or, or did? Yeah, it just came okay. out uh, Tuesday. $30 games, what do you know? Yeah, and uh, it's actually sold, they had, I think they sold over a million copies in the first uh, two days. Less than Harvest Moon. Okay. Um, (laughs) Talk about that later, I guess. All right. Um, I guess that leaves me. So let's see. What have I been playing? Um, So last week I talked to you about my Fire Emblem Awakening um, on Insanity experiences, right? And um, yeah, how's that working out for you? It didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) So I got I got through. I got to the DLC. And I leveled all my characters that I currently had up to level 20. I'm like, all right, I did it. And I spent a bunch of time doing that. I'm like, I'm enjoying grinding. These guys are going to be so powerful. Um, Then it turns out all the other DLC that I was counting on getting some of the items and stuff from so that I could promote some people and learn like the Nosferatu ability and make really overpowered characters. Yeah, all those maps are also scaled up. So I couldn't beat anybody in those maps at all period with anybody <laughs> um so i tried it well i'll go to a paralogue no that didn't work out um okay well i'll go to the next story mission even the next story mission where i very much was over leveled i still couldn't without playing this now i'm sure i could because i had very high level characters and the story maps don't over level they don't level up to match you i still found i had to do the same crazy uber defensive insanity tactics even with overpowered characters um, because I hadn't promoted them and all the other stuff to make them truly godly. Um, And I said, you know what? I don't want to keep playing this way. This isn't fun. And if I have to keep playing with these crazy defensive strategies until I get way later in the game and start getting class promotions unlocked, I'm out. So I I deleted the save. I'm playing on hard mode and it's working much better now. (laughs) So insane truly was insane. It, It was too insane for me. Um, or lunatic. Lunatic was too lunatic for me. Um and yeah, I I can't you start so I've been reading a lot of threads about lunatic mode and 
there's a lot of varying opinions on that. Some people say, hey, lunatic is is fine. It's it's lunatic plus that's really hard. Or lunatic is like the way it should be and, and hard and, and, and casual or hard and normal are just way too easy. And then and then other people are like, lunatic is for people who don't like fun. <laughs> it's like so I'm falling into that camp. Uh, the lunatic is for people who don't like fun, even though I feel belittled by the fact that there's plenty of people who are like lunatic. Is, no, that's not a problem. You just have to do work. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a wuss. I guess I I'm not good at this. So I'm out on lunatic. No thanks. <laughs> I tried. I'm done. I tried to cheese lunatic. I couldn't even do that. Well, at least you know your limits. I now. do. <laughs> that that's my limits apparently. So hard classic it is. Um actually somebody did point out something that did seem fun uh potentially. Um it's called lunatic casual, which I think is an interesting combo. So um it, it it's really just a challenge of getting through the maps and you don't have to worry about your characters being perma dead. It's just, you know, using enough strategy to get through the map and that's I thought that was interesting. It's not the way I want to play the game. Um, but I'm thinking maybe I should consider that because that that has something to it, I think. Because um, you get all your characters back for the next map, obviously. But it is really hard to get through a particular map. And you've got all these units. And you're going to have to use them all. And sometimes and you're going to lose half of them throughout the course of the map. And maybe you'll get to the end. And so like, it gives you some forgiveness while still keeping it really hard. So, yeah. But, and you can alter your strategy, like using sacrificial lambs and right, right. that kind of thing. It seems like a very different gameplay, so I think there might be something to that. Um, but I've already reset it, so I'm going to stick with Hard Classic now and, and go with that. <sighs> uh, besides that, I've been playing this crazy, stupid um, Ragnarok Online Idle Pouring, P-O-R-I-N-G, on iOS. I don't recommend you play it. It is an idling game that wants to suck all your money away, but... Um, you don't actually have to spend any money on it and it's kind of fun and addictive and you just it's one of those the numbers always go up sort of games except with lots of stat management and rpg type stuff that you have to do leveling pets setting them up on missions coming back checking them see how they did in the missions allocating stat points and all that sort of stuff so you want like an idle game with a bunch of interactions this is it um it's also very poorly localized um but that's all i'm gonna say about idle pouring because it's probably more time than it deserves um i played a little bit of pillars of eternity um i went back and finished up the wrath of the white the wrath of the white witch the the white march that's what it's called the white march and that's the expansion they made for pillars of eternity and i don't know if you remember like a year ago actually i checked my save it was over it was about a year ago that i started playing the what the white march part one and finished it and then started into white march part two and i never finished part two and I said, oh, you know what? Pillars of Trinity's 2 is out. How about I go finish part two and then maybe cheat my way through the rest of the game real quickly and then import a save to Pillars of Eternity 2 and um, play that legit. Um, and I found out that... So in, in so I started playing part two and I realized that, oh, <laughs> maybe I don't need to cheat because I had already set the game to story time. And then I started playing some, like, oh, yeah, I must have already decided I don't want to challenge in this game. So I, so I started playing some, and I realized, oh, wait, no, this is the game where even on story time, the combat's really hard for me. <laughs> so I really suck at Pillars of Eternity, apparently. So I enabled the console, and I love enabling the console in games. That then, then you get to do all the fun stuff, and you don't have to use Cheat Engine to do it. I gave myself all sorts of uh, money, and I made it so that recipes don't take um, materials. 
So I'm enchanting all my gear and stuff, and it's it's real cool. I made myself overpowered. Um, but now I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know. Pillars of Eternity, there's a lot to do in that game. Even even on easy mode, there's just so much dialogue and so much time and so much story and 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 that's the meat of the of the game for me is like these story interactions and dialogue interactions, but it's so time consuming to think about every impact that your conversations can have with everyone else in the game and what are you going to do and which which world state do you want to commit to and I had to redo the end conversation of the expansion um, three times to get the ending I wanted because I didn't know there was an ending I wanted. And then I read a little guide, like I got like an ending. I'm like, huh, that seemed weird. And I read a guide, and like, oh yeah, there's a good, there's a there's a proper good state considered. So you should like go through that conversation again a few more times and see if you can get it. And I did, and I did, and I was like, that's good. I pulled it off. And I love these little conversation battles, but at the same time, oh my gosh, it took so many hours, and do I want to keep doing that and finish the whole game? And I don't know what if I want to finish Pillars of Eternity at all now, and I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, and that's when I realized I'm not thinking clearly about this game. I must just not want to play one of these old school RPGs right now. So I, I stepped away and played some more Fire Emblem and, and a little bit more WoW, and I don't know what I'm doing with Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> In my head, I have these four giant enemies standing in front of me. One of them is Pillars of Eternity. One of them is Divinity Original Sin 2. One of them is Pillars of Eternity 2. And then one of them is Battletech. And each one of those, I think for me, will be 100-hour plus experiences. Um, Divinity Original Sin 2 is the one I'm furthest into. I'm I'm easily 50 hours into that one already. So I would think that that would be the one I, I should finish first. Pillars of Eternity 2 is the one I want to play because it has a pirate ship and I let... I'm always after like my dream pirate game that I've never found actually manifested in any way, shape, or form. Um, Battletech is like this cool mech thing that I should play and sounds really cool, but is also going to be super hard and deep. And then Pillars of Eternity 1 I should finish before I play Pillars of Eternity 2. And so that all turns into a mess, and then I don't want to play anything. So that's where I'm at for game stuff right now, and I don't know how to get out of that. So then I go play WoW. (laughs) Just got to jump in. Yeah. Yep. Let one grab you. And if one's not grabbing you, stop. Try a different one. Yeah, I guess. Or play Sukoden. Or play (laughs) Sukoden. Honestly, what you were talking about, I was like, hmm, that does sound like a nice vacation from these extremely intense PC RPGs. Yeah, and if you have them on PSN, too, like I said, you can play on the PS3. You can go lay down in bed, play them on your Vita, just swap the save file over. I can't play stuff laying down. My arms get really tired and start to hurt. I can't do that. I don't know why. Look at a pillow on your elbow. Um, when I'm 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 on my back or on my front. On your back. On my back. Pillow under my elbow, huh? All right. Mm -hmm. I can try that. See, when I'm on my back, I put a pillow on my chest and prop it up that way. Okay. Another one. I'll try that. Got natural pillows too, so. Your yeah, well, yeah, right. that does help you. Uh, the Switch well, is great because I have a little stand on my nightstand. It's a little mic stand that my Switch sits in, and then I h- take the little controllers off the side and just lay my arms flat on the bed, and that works great. But Suikoden isn't on the Switch, so. Well, can't you pair a PS4 or PS3 controller with the Vita and play that way? Can you? I think yeah. you can. I don't know how to do that. I'll look into that. Anna's, um, hmm. 
Yeah, no one's using the Vita right now. But then, then I need a stand that can hold a Vita, and I don't think my stand Screen's can hold a Vita. Dude. Yep. The other thing with the Vita is I got a grip for mine, which is so mm. nice. Mm. That helps a lot for a lot of games. Oh yes. Vita grip. I got one on Amazon for like fifteen dollars. Do you have a Do you have a first gen Vita or the newer Vita? I have the first gen. All right, which first gen? All right, which Vita grip? The P PDP one. Let or, me look it up. Yeah, I've got them on the stream. I've got low latency streaming. You can tell me. Like, is it one of these two? No. Well, this one's ninety dollars, so I'm not buying that one. No, it's not. Mine is fifteen bucks. This one's thirteen dollars. On CTA. I think. I think mine was like five bucks from Monoprice, but I don't know if they have it anymore. Yeah, mine looks like the second CTA. one. You got the CTA. Thirteen dollars. This one right here. I'm this helps, the huh? There, there's the link. Let's see. All right, we got a prod. We got a. Yeah, that's the one. Thirteen dollars. And it's got that real silky feeling plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That almost feels like it's like powdered or something. Yep. Really I know. Hard. I know what you're talking about. I hate that plastic so much. Oh, I love it. it yeah. Feels so nice. I've had good and bad experiences with. It. So I bought a grip for my Switch with plastic like that, and I've ended up. It got. It started to stretch and get weird, and I've had to. Um, I don't use that grip anymore. Oh no, it's real firm. It's not squishy at all. It's just got that finish on the top. I had a. Uh playstation like slip cover uh or a controller slip cover on my ps4 controller because i was trying to differentiate it from the one upstairs and every single cat hair in the house kept getting stuck to it and it was driving me up the wall oh no it's not like that either i don't i have like i have three cats <clears throat> it doesn't collect any hairs it's like a, a firm plastic but it's just got it's just kind of smooth to the touch hmm. but it's not sticky or anything like that Maybe I was thinking of something different. Yeah, I, yeah, it didn't. Nothing sticks to it. Or yeah, yeah. I lay in bed and there's cats, there's animal hair in my bed. Vita grip so. says it'll come now, here by Monday. Let's give this a does shot. Does this work? Does this one work with the newer model Vita too? Uh, I think it will. Um, oh, I guess I should make sure it's for the older Vita. Shoot. Oh yeah, they got an older Vita in the picture. So that's the yeah, other thing I've been considering. If I get a the newer Vita is lighter, right? So I've been wondering if I should find one of those for cheap. It's lighter and fractionally thinner, right? Mm-hmm. Well, thinner's not necessarily better for gripping. but The big plus of the grips is that like, that way you don't accidentally hit the back touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So, like, when oh, I, I hate playing that. Borderlands... So, yeah, so when I was playing Borderlands 2 on the Why Vita... like that Borderlands was on a Vita? What yeah. are you doing? Team Come handheld. On. On a v- it's a mouse game. Oh, Borderlands on a Vita. So this uh, is this the all right? So let me bring this up. Here's a three dollar glove case. Oh, that's not the grip. That's just a literally just a slip case that goes around it. So that can't. Be. Yeah, they don't have it anymore. It doesn't look like. Okay. It looks the one I got from Monoprice looks identical to that CTA. Okay, one. so they're probably all the same fab. Probably came from the same Chinese factory. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah, I really recommend it. You can just I kind of I just hold the. I ordered it. Just, We're gonna see. Cool. I'll All let right. you know next week. Awesome. I gotta find a Vita game to play now. Suikoden. Yeah, I know. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, what else? I played WoW. Kelly, I'm almost done with the WoWs. I'm Ooh, almost where done. are you at? I'm like Here. I'm at the point where I have to level my followers' equipment up to nine twenty-five and then nine fifty. Okay. 
and then other than that, I've done like everything I can do. I think um, it's really like what reps do I want to grind? What mounts do I want to? Kelly, I did something really stupid this week. Two days ago, I I booted in. And I I I started up an add-on I have that can guide me to how to get like cool mounts. So I started going through the list of mounts it has, and it's like this is rep, this is rep, this is rep. This one you just have to go and click all these things. And I got this Riddler's Mindworm thing. I'm like, that's really cool. I don't know what the story is behind this, but it looked like it would have been really hard, and the community would have had to figure it out. And it turns out, yes, mm-hmm. they did. There was a big old, like one of those, I don't know what do you call those, the community collaborative puzzle events. solving yeah. community yeah. And, then I'm, yeah and then i go down the list that was cool and then i went boom 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 boom. and i found this one called lucid nightmare i'm like oh that looks oh, cool no. kelly i went after that without knowing what i was getting into yeah, i spent hours getting through the first parts of it and then i got to this last part where you eat a sorcerer's ashes and you go into a maze yeah kelly did i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing i did not know i did not know so an hour and a half later, I forced myself to log off and go to bed. And I said, this, what did I do to myself? What am I getting into? And I start opening threads where people talk about four hours, five hours, 12 hours, mapping strategies and this and that and the other thing, how the maze is created from the guy who created it at Blizzard, the mistakes they made with that maze. Like I jumped into like a big old thing. I had no idea about this whole lucid nightmare. You can go look it up online if you want. I'm not going to tell you, don't do this. Don't get this mount. Um. <laughs> well, I, that's the thing. I want this mount because it's a purple evil unicorn. So I logged back on the next day and I said, all right, screw it. The, the number one strategy that works for... Th- there's two things that I know about this thing. One, I can log back out and, lo- and go back in. I can teleport out and on another day go back into the maze and it'll be regenerated from scratch with a different layout. So that's an option. And two, I understand how it works now. So if I really want to go crazy trying to map it out, I can. But it sounds like that's still going to take a long time. And three, I know I said there's two things, but there's the third one. The third one and the one I've decided to follow is many people reported screw mapping just pick a directional strategy like always turn left or always turn right and stick with it for a while until you start repeating over and over and see what you can do with that and that's what i did and like 30 to 40 minutes later i was done and i I have my mount now and yeah that's what i've heard and that's what i did i can't guarantee it'll work for you because it depends how your maze is created and you're kind of relying on the teleport thing to kind of screw you, screw you up, and get you into other areas of the maze that you haven't, you know, reached yet. Uh, so this maze, for people who don't know, it's an eight by eight grid. It has some quirks where if you go off in the top left corner, it'll take you. It wraps around to the bottom right corner, and the top right corner wraps around to the bottom left corner. The top, the top left corner wraps around to the bottom right. Yeah, and it 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 doesn't make sense how it wraps around. So you can't easily map it out. Um, any room that would normally be like a crisscross of um, left, right, and right, left, and up, down is replaced with a room that you just skip. And it doesn't tell you that you're skipping the room. So that's in there and it has to be accounted for in your mapping. That doesn't make sense. I can't explain it to you till you see a picture. And there's one room in the maze that every time you go into it, it teleports you randomly to another room and doesn't tell you that it happened. So you have to take all those things into account for a maze and then you, you, there are different orbs in the maze you have to collect and then deposit them elsewhere. And you have to do this for like five or four different colors. And so it's one of the evilest maze designs I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it makes it like impossible to just solve through any tricky things and honestly yeah people were finding it's faster to not map it out than to map it out it's that evil but if you do map it out it's crazy you can see the maps that people have drawn they are insane (laughs) and they vary by people and basically nobody's happy about this maze (laughs) no no but this was all this all started like over a year ago right so this was yeah three came out and so I'm way behind the times on this. This is a whole big story, and they've learned lessons about next time. They need to have the maze be more consistent of an experience for people, but um, they're not going to change this one. And so I've got it now, so it's great that I've got it done, but I kind of resent the thing so much I don't even know if I'm going to use the mount. <laughs> I have not had a chance to do it yet just because I've heard the, the I don't know that you want to. I really don't know if you want to. <laughs> that's, that's just it. I do really want to because it is a purple unicorn, and I have a character that that would be perfect for my RP for uh, because you know he he's Arcturus the Fabulous, the warlock fashion designer. Uh, it would go great with his shtick. Well, I mean but you just make sure you got a, a lot of time. <laughs> but that's the problem. I play WoW so sporadically that it's like I don't want to be stuck in that for forty minutes. But I've heard the turn 40 left No <laughs> oh, no longer than forty minutes, but I've heard multiple people stand by the just turn left strategy but it it is not going to work for everybody it really depends how your maze is generated whether that's going to work and did you even try any of the mods that are out there i found i only found one lucid nightmare tracker mod and i had it on just to what i would do is i'd find an orb and find where it goes and i'd use the mod to help me kind of keep track of how i'm going and whether or not i'm in a kind of a repeat loop and just to t- so if I can see if I'm going to the right six times and up to and then to the right six times and up to and then it repeats over and over. Oh, I'm in a loop. I need to start turning right instead of left or something like that. So I was using it to make those sorts of decisions, but I was not using it to map out the whole maze because it's, okay. the ma- the mod is not capable of accurately mapping this maze with the the way it's generated. So and then yeah, when no. I get done with an orb, I'd reset the mod and start again like okay, let's see what it tells me now. And and so I was just kind of using it as a little breadcrumb trail to kind of see generally how I've been moving through the maze, not as anything else. And that was the level of mapping I was doing. Um there's a website on it that's got better features for mapping out the maze, but it's not perfect and it's to take you can take so much time trying to map this thing that I can't help you. You need graph paper and time and patience and a deep understanding of how the maze works. <laughs> if you really want to map it. <laughs> Good luck. <sighs> oh, maybe maybe when I hit the next mount uh, threshold and need one more and the decision is either we'll do this or buy a mount, then I'll just be like buy the mount and bother that nonsense. But... I can't help it. It's a purple unicorn. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm at the point where I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in WoW at this point, like besides finishing up those last little quests. And the answer might be nothing. Um, but uh, that that's usually a good sign. Like when you're looking for stuff to do, maybe it's time to play something else. And mm-hmm. there's a cool Final Fantasy 14 patch coming. So let's talk about news. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Um, it's actually out. The Final Fantasy XIV 4.3 patch is out now, and they put out a trailer. The trailer looks cool. It's got some story stuff going on, so um, potential spoilers in that. It looks like they released the next Ivalis raid. 
Um, and yes, they've got a they've got a whole Ivalice raid that's got music from Final Fantasy twelve and story kind of sort of tie-ins to Final Fantasy Tactics. Ramza and Alma are part of the whole thing, and it's just kind of crazy. And they're like, "Hey, remember Tactics? You like that?" And just to to really stomp on your heartstrings even more, uh, Yasumi Matsuno took part in a live broadcast broadcast where they were talking about the new the new patch coming out, and they showed off screenshots of a sequel they were working on for Final Fantasy Tactics, like an actual Final Fantasy Tactics sequel, not Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. So he's got these screenshots of characters. They've got no noses. There's a hex based grid. The sequel is going to have a hex based grid, and they ended up canceling the sequel. Um, it was around the time they were working on. Um, vagrant story um but yeah so you could see some some of those screenshots they're showing them off on a tablet for some reason instead of directly on the stream it's really confusing but it's almost like you just pulled out his tablet like here's here's some stuff hey, i have some from stuff years ago <laughs> it's like if i wouldn't have known those looked like look like such doctor screenshots to i know me. right yeah and it's got a you can barely make it out with the background because uh, yeah and so it's a, it's not a great presentation, but you can see some of, kind of what they were playing around with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, hex-based tactics game would have been so good. That would have been weird, but it was potentially weird, interesting. But good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the patch is out now. They've got full patch notes. You can read them elsewhere. I don't have Alice or Alex here. They're my they're two who always know what's going on in Final Fantasy fourteen. But the point is, there's more story quests and and stuff like that. So you can. You can go do that, and then there's the Namazu Beast Tribe, which are the little fish guys. There's Beast Tribe quests for them, so go have fun with that if you're into 14. And um, as I wind down WoW, maybe that's what I'll get back into, because I'm at least two major patches behind on 14, so that's a decent amount of content I could go play. So. I'm two expansions behind. Um, that means you have uh, the <laughs> uh, Heaven's Word to play, and that's the best story. So I I know. I know, it's just, it feel like getting caught up feels so daunting. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see. Shadows of Adam was announced to be coming to the Switch. What is Shadows of Adam? I don't know. Not a clue. It, it looked like a really interesting 16-bit style game. Oh, yeah, it was like an indie it, RPG Maker-like game. It might not be RPG Maker. Don't take my word on that. Oh, it's not, so don't don't think that. That would explain why the animations look nice. Um... <laughs> It looks cool. Shadows of Adam, Which is yeah. hilarious. Hilarious. We were talking about how people were down on Soikoden because of the graphics, and then this comes out in 20. It looks great, actually. I, it it looks it excellent. A while before I played, I kickstarted and I played the demo. And I yeah. think I talked about the demo like a year or two ago down here. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's pretty. What I played in demo was really fun. I'd need to play the real game because uh, you know, I went through the demo. I was like, oh, man, it's over. So I had that. I, I wanted to keep playing feeling. So. So Probably it's already out on PC, Mac, and Linux, and the yep. it's coming to the Switch, but they didn't announce a date. So look forward to that. I think you guys would be interested in that. So cool. What Sega? Oh wow, Yakuza three, four, and five have been announced to be getting remakes for PS4. Wow, yeah, you didn't hear about this? No, I didn't. Oh wow, yeah. So they they've already. Do we went get them ahead here? Con- <laughs> we don't know yet. They haven't officially announced yet. Yeah, so they they put out the next story has the uh, trailer from three. It looks like they're not really redoing much with the uh, assets, but they are getting it, getting it to run at 1080p, 60 frames per second. I don't think they've even said if it's going to run on 4K on the pros yet. 
It just says but, improve resolution and frame rate. So it doesn't sound like you really need to play these. On, what what did three and four come out on originally? Were those PS3 PS3. games? They were okay. both mm-hmm. PS3. So it sounds but, like if you're just trying to get caught up to Yakuza 6 by playing them all in order, you could just play them on PS3 and not be missing out versus these remakes. You can, except that there is hope if we get Yakuza 3, the remake, that it will include all the cut content that the U.S. release of uh, Yakuza 3 had. Because hmm. they cut out the Hostess Clubs, uh, a bunch of the side games. I know Mahjong was cut out, and some of the other side games were cut oh, out. Oh, no, they cut out you... Mahjong. Whatever will I yeah, do? well, you know. But they cut, they cut out the Hostess Clubs. I think they even cut out some of the side quests. They cut out quite a bit of of three for the okay. u.s release so the you know there's hope if they re-release it they'll actually relocalize it so we'll actually get all that material all right but no word on that yet no word on that yet but pretty good chance that it'll eventually come out here hmm. we're still waiting for yakuza 2 remake to come out here uh that's it's been august? announced yeah. yeah it's been announced it's got a date and i don't remember it off the top of my head i think it's august or October, I don't remember which. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then there was a trailer for Yakuza 3, which kind of showed off some stuff. Yep. And Yakuza then... 3 also had the golf course. That was oh, the one where you right. play golf in it. Excellent. Did they cut that out of the U.S. one? No, that was in it. That I was in it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got an announcement that uh, Anima Gate of Memories is coming soon. Uh, that's a action RPG anime Gate of Memories, The Nameless Chronicles. They'll be coming out on June 19th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We've got a trailer you can go check out. It's a prequel to the first anime game, which I know nothing about. Um, is this like a Dark Souls-y game? Or is this a... I can't tell from the no, trailer. No, it's an action-ish. All right. It's, well, I mean, it's Dark Souls Dark is action-y, Souls. too. <laughs> it's, but it's not the Dark Souls. It's it's the mashy action? Yeah. Okay. We've got word that a Toho game's coming to uh, to Steam. The Toho Scarlet Curiosity, which came out for PS4 in 2016, will be out in Steam on 2018 this summer. It'll have 4K compatibility and a new Bullet Hell Challenge mode. I watched them stream this a bit, actually. And uh, the Bullet Hell mode looks potentially challenging, but you could deal with it. Um, <laughs> and this is not... Uh, this trailer has a lot more than just the Toho game in it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was all Cor- four of the games they really yeah. announced. Corpse Party and that getting that gal metal game that I'm surprised didn't get retweeted to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's kind of cute looking. Is this? Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh, the sequel. Okay, not the visual novel one. Okay. That's yeah, and unfortunately, Exceed took a lot of heat because there wasn't a Trails game announced. With those <laughs> How four. dare they not oh, announce gee. a Trail yeah. game? Yeah. <laughs> was there a Trail game ready to be announced that they're waiting for? Here? Well, I we're still three. waiting. We're still waiting on three, and then four comes out in Japan in uh, September. Oh, right. It'll come, guys. It'll come. It'll come. It, It'll come. They're, they're, I mean, these games usually take two to three years in Japan. It's only been like a year since the last one came out, so you know, chill. It, it'll happen. This this Toho game is one of the fan games. It looks like it's not. Yeah, it's one not of one dip- of the original Bullet Hell shmup games. It's a action three D. Still bullet hell with this bullet hell mode sort of thing, but in 3D. When, when they say doujin, they mean that like it started as a doujin. I mean, obviously, it's not still a doujin title. I when can't it's coming tell out anymore. 
Because uh, Dojin, I thought, I thought that referred to like things that are done kind of indie using someone else's IP without their permission. Right. So you wouldn't be releasing that officially well, overseas Toho, if you I didn't you have can. their permission. I don't think it matters. Oh, with is Toho. that it? Oh, okay. <sighs> Toho's weird. <laughs> Yes, it is. There are tons of those games that I have no clue what the heck, but I, I'm always confused by Toho. I only know about the bullet hell ones, and that's it. And that roguelike that came out. Yeah. All right. Limited Run Games has announced a collector's edition of their of their game, Saturday Morning RPG. They, that already oh, it's already out. sold out. All right. Well, screw that. Yeah. You can't get it. Uh, <laughs> I was... In- Means that it comes with a cassette. Can you even buy a cassette player anymore? I don't know, but I have one. <laughs> if, if that matters, the cassette does it have stuff on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. The soundtrack. Cassette featuring the soundtrack from Vince DiCola. All right, cool. Pretty awesome. Um, what's this? Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle has oh i'm excited for this there's dlc coming for that still they're they're finally bringing out the dlc and it looks like it's it looks like more than i was expecting it looks like an entire another world with donkey kong yeah with donkey with a whole new island yeah with a whole new island and donkey kong uses his congas excellent (laughs) he's got an attack with the donkey congas (laughs) it looks really good i enjoyed the heck out of that game and, I never and finished I don't it. I kind of got go bored. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, see, some people, some people kind of fell off on it. I really liked it. I'm kind of looking forward to this. Yeah. It, it looks like they've done enough different with Donkey Kong to kind of like change up the combat as well. Mm-hmm. We gonna see that? At, they've at, announced a price. We don't have a price or a date, do we? June. I don't think so. It says June. June. So the before after E3. So it'll probably be at E3. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. All right. We'll see. Etrian Odyssey 10, we got some more info. Um, uh, excuse me, Etrian Odyssey Cross. I've been corrected Cross. from the other room. Uh, <laughs> they've got a trailer you can check out in our article and a lot of screenshots. And you'll see some characters um, that you meet in the game. Obviously, your characters in the party are your own. You generate them, so they don't really factor into the story, but... Here's some of the characters you meet, and they talk about them. And I have no idea when that's coming to the U.S., if ever. Uh, Valkyrie Chronicles 4 has... It's a plastic tank. Okay. <laughs> the Memoirs from Battle Premium Edition. Here's what you get. For 100 bucks. you get a physical copy of the game for PS4, Xbox One, or Switch. You get a collector's box, which is just a box that's bigger than a normal box. You get a 100-page art book model after Claude's in-game journal and a vinyl statue of the Hoffen tank used by Squatty in the game. So, it's not plastic, it's so, vinyl. So, I'm tempted. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's on a little thing. So I, what I don't know is how big it is. I don't think they exactly said. I wonder how or at least we don't have it in our news article. Surely it can't be that big if it's going to fit in a collector's box. with. Well, the, it's uh... only $100 for the collector's edition, so that makes me think it's small. <laughs> Yeah. Josh, that's what I thought about the Sonic Mania collector's edition. <laughs> I, was, I was wrong. Yeah, that was really big. <laughs> but that cost more, didn't it? It was like 70 bucks. Oh, but, and, right. but the uh, Sonic and Genesis statue was made out of hollow plastic. Mm-hmm. 
I have a hard time bl- believing it will be too big because they make too much money on that kind of stuff selling, you know. This looks very detailed. That's why I think it won't Japan. be that big. Yeah. They make too much money selling models of that kind of stuff in Japan. We've got A Long Way Down announced from French developer Synapsis. Uh, it's planned for release on PC and Switch, but no release dates. Go check that out. We got a, we've got a trailer of it. Um, it's you go through a deep maze filled with monsters and controlled by an evil mastermind. You assemble a party from fellow adventurers, adventurers in the darkness, building up a deck of cards to help suit your playstyle. So it's a it's a roguelike dungeon crawler with card card based battling and stuff, or cards affecting what you can do in battle. I guess. So go check that out. Uh, Utarare Ramono or Underwater Ray Ramono Zan has got its first images if you want to see what that looks like even though I think we had a trailer last week so now you have images and a trailer and you can see the different characters some human, some not human in the game and in your party so maybe I wasn't paying attention before but I noticed this time that it's being actually developed by Tamsoft who did uh, the Oh, they did the Senran Kagura games on Vita. Mm-hmm. And which were... So does that you know, mean people's clothing cl- is going to fly, fly off? <laughs> I don't know. Probably probably not. Yeah, I, think, but, I thought that's how that worked. So Yeah, they did those. Those played okay. And then they also did the uh, hyperdimension action RPGs. Ah. Like the ones with the zombies and what were the other couple? They were, there, were, there were too many hyperdimension games. Mm-hmm. Um, hyper devotion noir, a hyper dimension. No, nah, that was Sting. Mega dimension. Mega tag mention. I yes, don't know. yes, yes, yes. That was the one. The mega tag mention. Whatever. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> I can't keep track of them anymore, and I actually enjoy the series. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, the Saga Graces game that everyone's going crazy over because it's coming out. I don't know. Is it coming here? Did they announce There's it There's rumblings. I, I'm so confused. So Scarlet Grace is coming to Switch was the initial announcement, but then it turned out it was coming to everything. So PS4, Switch, PC, iOS, Android. Uh, this, we, got... we assume This is one of those we assume it's coming here since it's getting a PC port? Yeah, I don't know. So this was originally a Vita game. Now it's coming to everything else except Xbox because Japan. And let's see... They've got a they've got a chart in our story here that tells you all the different specs about them. And so it runs at sixty frames a second max, whatever that means, on all the platforms. Uh, the resolution on PS4 is 1080 on Switch. It's docked 1080, handheld 720 on PS4 Pro. It's 4K. Uh, PC, it's whatever your PC does, apparently. iOS and Android, they're not saying it differs by model, which whatever that means. Textures. Uh, PC, Switch, and PS4 have high-res textures. Mobiles have low uh, standard res. <laughs> They've got a stat for whether or not you get the opening movie. For some reason, PS4 and Switch, you get the opening movie. PC, you have a video file you can open and watch. iOS and Android, no opening movie. I don't understand this at all. Achievements, trophies on the PS4, no achievements on the Switch because they don't have them. PC supported, so that must mean Steam. iOS, none. Android supported controllers oh my gosh whatever unity standard controllers on ios and android i don't even know what that means there's no such thing as a unity standard controller on ios do they mean the made for iphone controllers do they mean the i i give up 
But by the way, on the PS4, you use the DualShock 4. Surprise. <laughs> on the Switch, they list all the Switch controllers. The Joy-Cons and the Switch Pro controller. Good, good to know. And on PC, X input or Steam controller. Okay, uh-huh. PS4, Switch, and PC will have vibration, and PS4 will have controller sound effects. So, to sum up, it sounds like PS4 is the best version of this game, based on this chart, um, for whatever that matters. <laughs> um, there's other details about the trade-in shop being added and all this other stuff. It's coming out in August for, for Japan on all these platforms. And uh, we don't know when it'll come out here, other than they've announced that an English release is planned, according to the director. So, yeah. Maybe Kawazu we'll has it. a tendency to go off script on Twitter. Mm. So, <laughs> if nothing else, it sounds like the people making the game want to do an English version. We'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. So, And there's that big, long video which shows like all the different versions. I think they even show the Android and iPhone version later on in the video. If you're really interested in seeing it in action. Oh, yeah, there it is. Can use a virtual D-pad. Mm-hmm. Or is it... Oh, it's one of those touch anywhere and, and kind of drag to a direction, right? So... Yeah. Okay. Hey, whatever. It sounds like... Is this supposed to be a good game? Is that why this is such a big deal? Or do I Saga did... fans just want a game? I think Saga fans just want a game. Okay. I remember Wheels at our site wants it, right? So he's probably already played he, it, right? He, yeah, but this is Wheels. Yeah, he's we don't the saga. Trust him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, here's a here's a community service. Xenoblade Two soundtrack is apparently out. Where do you get it, Kelly? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I didn't who put even, this wasn't in here? Where that it was out? <laughs> uh, Japanese soundtrack release. So I guess you got to import it. So go to cd.japan. cdjapan.jo cdjapan.co.jp is that it japan yeah that's one cdjapan.co.jp and what do we search for xenoblade chronicles 2 and then i can get it yep there it is 4500 yen that's about 40 bucks 41 dollars and 14 cents plus probably eight dollars for shipping and you'll get it in a while and then you get soundtrack and then you can listen to people saying don't forget me for all as much as you want on your own. Alex got it. It looked really cool. It's actually not true. <laughs> they don't say that anymore in the game, and that would be part of the English port, so that wouldn't be on the soundtrack. Anyway, I kind of wish there was just a, a two-minute track of people saying, don't forget me over and over, because that would be kind of awesome. But, oh well. That'd be oh. like some weird rave track. Apparently, it's going to be digitally sold, too. So... Maybe you can get it for a lot less on Amazon, Google Play, or iTunes. So, and it certainly be a lot easier to purchase. So let's see, google.com slash play. Can I buy Xenoblade Chronicles 2? I should probably be checking Amazon, but no, oh well. Uh, not there, I can't. Amazon.com. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And choose digital music. Where's digital music? Why is the internet so hard to use, people? Because it's the internet. Digital music. There we go. Enter. Uh, If any of this stuff is available, it's not available here yet. So maybe it will be digital eventually, but not yet. (sighs) Oh, well. 
It'll also be available in high-resolution audio at eonkyo Music, Mora, Music.jp, and Reko Choku, which are all Japanese music sites. <laughs> and I don't know what high-resolution audio means, but sure. <laughs> Whatever format that's supposed to be. High-res audio. Expen- sounds expensive. I Japan has all these high-res audio options, which are like SACD or DVD audio and stuff like that, which are kind of cool, but also kind of not necessary and kind of don't matter once you go to MP3. So I don't know what to think about any of them. (sighs) Yeah. So anyway, if you want to import the physical one, you can. (laughs) I don't know about the rest of these. (laughs) Keep keep your eye peeled on uh, message boards like Resetera. All right, that brings us to the editorial block. First off, we have a Masters of Anima review where Harry Papadimitio does a review of Masters of Anima, whatever that is. I don't know anything about that game. <laughs> I feel stupid. I never heard of it either. It's a it's a half RPG, half RTS apparently. So, mm-hmm. uh gives it an average score, but you can see if you're into it, maybe there'll be a new game for you to find. And RPG Backtrack Sidetrack. What? Did I read that right? Yes, RPG Backtrack Sidetrack. May 2018 edition. (laughs) Uh, So, yes. Phil put this up with um, a bunch of backtracks talking about good soundtracks, I guess, in games. So they talk about uh, Dragon Quest VII and Romancing Saga 2 right now. So I guess they're going to keep going with that. Yes. Or something. It's not a podcast. <laughs> it's a. I don't understand. <laughs> it's a thing. Go read. If you care about soundtracks, go read about that. Um, then we have an article up from you, Josh, complaining about the virtual console. <laughs> and, well, and almost as much, or if not more, complaining about Sony and how they've kind of dropped the ball on retro games the last few years. Yep. Yep. Uh, this just makes me you know... sad to read. Like, yeah, it's. The... No one's really seen any new retro games on their systems, so it's like, other than Hamster, which is porting them, porting old Neo Geo games to everything, so like crazy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that, and then the Sega Genesis collections came out again, so you can buy all those Genesis games for like the sixth or seventh time now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that that's kind of my worry going forward. Is you know, like on the PS3, we were getting all those. The PS3 and the Vita and the PSP, you would get all those great, like, Suikoden games. Mm-hmm. Even as terrible as Konami has been the last five, six years, someone in Konami was working to put out all the Suikoden games digitally so you could still play those games without spending hundreds of dollars on the secondary market. And, I mean, that's how I got into some of those games. That's mm-hmm. how I got to play Suikoden. That's how I got to play the Digital Devil Saga games. And, you know, like was getting to play them digitally through the PS3 and the Vita. And, you know, Sony has just totally let that die on the vine in the last generation. And I'm worried Nintendo is kind of going down the exact same route. Well, I mean, to be fair, do people still want retro games or what? Because, I mean, if they're kind of letting it die on the vine, I can't imagine that the sales were that great. Uh, Probably not. But, I mean, like, with what Sony did with that PS2 on PS4 program, you know, they started that. That was going to be part of their backwards compatibility thing. 
this mm-hmm. generation. But then as a part of that, it wasn't just like a PS2 emulator. It's like, oh, you need to rework the game so that it works in widescreen and that it supports trophies and remote play and share play. So you're not just making a game, you know, you're not just getting the game to work on PS4. You have to do a whole lot of extra work. And there just wasn't very many games, I think, where it made financial sense to put in that kind of effort. Mm-hmm. Especially if you sell it for fifteen bucks. I I don't think there's a market for this as people want it to be on the the publisher side. They want an eight dollar virtual title, virtual console title to sell a hundred thousand units, and it's just never going to. The mm-hmm. only way this works, I think, is like a subscription back catalog program that you know something for everybody. Make everyone just consider this be. Of course, it's Netflix for games. Why wouldn't I sign up? Of course, I have Which one of these Sony subscriptions. Which Sony also tried, but they haven't done a very good job. They didn't put with all that. the stuff in it. Yeah, and exactly. that's where it's going to die. The licensing kills it before it begins, and yep. even for Nintendo, probably. Like it's just never going to happen. And so yeah, I, I mean, don't think we get this. Ever, I mean, like the thing with Nintendo. I mean, they're they're talking about putting in NES games, but then they're like, oh, we're going to make them look better, and we're going to make them. We're going to add multiplayer don't. to them. No, just and put them in. And spend yeah, less know. money and put more games in so you get a wider <laughs> audience and people actually subscribe to this thing. Well, they, that, they also get backlash when they keep, like, releasing it. Okay, now PS4, now you got to buy that game again. You can have it on your account. So do they let it, do they change it to allow for the PS4 to do it with no extra returns because these people already bought it? Or they piss them off by re-releasing it and making you I buy think, it again? I think subscription model is the only way it works, personally. Um, and therefore, since you're subscribing, of course you get it. I don't know. And of course, people are also mad about the quality of titles. Like, how many times have we gotten Urban Champion? <laughs> yeah. They they keep trying to sell us that pill. What, Kelly? You don't want Urban Champion? Come on. No. Oh, that well. game is garbage. Go read more if you want to see more of Josh's thoughts on that. And then we if have you re- want to be depressed, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> or me. just be depressed. Yeah. Then we have a review up of Galaxy of Pen and Paper from Sam Marcello, and she gave that a three out of five. You can go see why. Uh, about nine hours, she says, and pretty average, but you know. Um, if you remember, I played a little bit of that, and I think I want to play more of it, but it hasn't really been drawing me back that strongly. So I don't know. These pen and paper games—that's kind of where they sit. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like playing this while I'm at a demo or, you know, everyone's thinking about it. But once it's on its own, does it really hold my attention with all the other games I have at my disposal? I don't know. That's Um, kind of funny because that kind of sounds like Sam's review. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the problem is that that sounds like every game for me. So I don't don't trust me. (laughs) Don't trust me. Go read Sam's review. Think what you see. Think see what she see what you think after what you read what she said. There you go. Whew. Um, let's see. We cover that later. Oh, we got a bunch of release date updates. Okay. So West mm-hmm. of Loathing comes out on the Switch next week. So that like this upcoming week. We've got Immortal Unchained coming out in September. We've got the Dauntless Open Beta out now. We've got God Wars on Switch. A release date for... Let's see what it oh, is. Oh, God. Is that August? September, September 4th, 4th. In North America. August 31st in Europe. And so that'll be God Wars on the Switch. We have Trails of Cold Steel 4 in Japan release date, which is... End of September, always yep. is. Always September, okay. Uh, Banner Saga 2. 27th. Yeah, Banner Saga 2 is coming to the Switch on July 24th. Rainbow Skies, who's been waiting for that? Coming in June. 
Do we know? Isn't that coming to Vita? June twenty sixth. PS three, PS four, and Vita. Yeah. Is that a sequel to Rainbow Moon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Vampire had a developer stream that you can watch to if you're into that. That game's coming out on June fifth for PS four, Xbox One, and PC. That's the one where you're a doctor, but also a vampire, and whether or not you save or kill people affects the environment and the Spanish flu's going on and. Anna's really into it. All right. Songbringer is going on the Switch this week. That's the... Is that the Zelda-like one? But with the real pixely graphics? Oh, I gotta remember. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of Zelda-y rooms, and you scroll up and down and left and right. And yeah. Anyway. And uh, The Lost Child introduced two fallen angels. If you want to read up on that, we're not going to cover it in here, but if, story details for that if you want to go check it out. All right. Question of the week was... When there are multiple things coming out at the same time you want, how do you pick which one to buy? But our first two responses did not answer that question. They talked about our discussion about same-sex marriages and fate and how to handle them. (laughs) Shaman says, as it pertains to same-sex marriages and fates, it doesn't actually produce kids. As a result, I have only gotten female Kana and just on my revelations run as I intentionally took the same sex options in Birthright Hoshida and Conquest Noor. So that's how they handle it now. Strawberry Egg says, Oh dear, canon marriages and Fire Emblem Awakening. That brings back nightmare internet arguments. Granted, shipping wars in uh, in general are very ugly. With Fire Emblem's strongly implied multiverse, I take it to mean that all marriages in that game are canon. I still need mm-hmm. to get around to playing Path of Radiance and Shadows of Valentia back to back to decide which one I prefer. And how does a Densetsu Gaiden game not exist yet? I agree. (laughs) As for the question of the week, which, again, is if there's multiple things coming out, how do you pick which one to buy? Strawberry says, I usually buy what I'm most likely to play right away. I'll also be more likely to buy a certain game when a bunch of them are coming out if one of them is more obscure and I want to buy it to help the series. Um, I would usually have said game... I would usually have said game pre-ordered. Anything else coming out on that date, I would buy later. Lord Goldbest says, not getting anything on May 25th and not sure if anything I'm interested in is even coming out then. Not based on the only two games listed as upcoming games on the site for that day and probably not on any I heard you mention in the podcast. As far as the more general question, I don't prepare. I'm usually not overly interested in getting games immediately when they come out and I often wait for price drops. It's rare enough that I pre-order buy games on release dates that it would be pretty unusual for me to have two games with the same release date that I'd want to buy day one in the rare instances when that happens i'll just buy them both day one no big deal three games released on the same day that i want day one would be practically unheard of but in that exceptional event i'd probably still just buy them all then i'd probably try out all the games first day or within a few days of purchase and focus primarily on which one grips me the most first if i have something like a new persona game coming out that's pretty much zero chance i'll buy another game same day because i already know which game i'll be sinking my teeth into for the next month Yep, that's true. <laughs> Budai, I really don't understand Steam and its rules with sexuality. Wait, that's a totally different topic. Um, <laughs> uh, Sorry. How, you know, I'll come back to that in a second. First off, continuing the uh, the buying the games at the same time, Maxstorm says, I can't pick, so I buy them all. Oh, Maxstorm, your backlog. Uh, Peter Thomas said, I buy them all, and then I complain later about how big my backlog is. Kelly says, I make a spreadsheet. Yeah, this is you, Kelly. See how much money I'm about to spend, then try to make tough decisions. Then I cry, buy it all anyway, and then question my life choices. Yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of wasting a bunch of your time then, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> and then you end up in a Xanax coma with your kitty. 
no, no. Then I end up with games that end up like really rare and hard to find because of it. So, in a way, I win in the end. <laughs> as long as you sell them. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you just like having them, All right, I guess. Uh, at dupes on Twitter says, well, no, actually, at a really long string of letters and numbers says on Twitter, I have at my backlog to remember I probably have years of. Oh, I look at my backlog. To remember, I have probably years of unplayed games. Then I consider how soon it will go on sale, and then just pick one thing if I still must have it. Uh, at WinterDisa says, I'm afraid I usually buy them all. If it's big, expensive games, I might pick the one that matters most. So, in general, people said they 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 do one of two things: they either buy them all or they pick one. Um, so there you go, and or they wait for them to go on sale. So I guess they picked one of three things. So those are your strategies: pick one and roll with it. Um, it sounds like the buying them all um, is the most common, but also agreed to be the worst. <laughs> so figure that one out. <laughs> Though I, I will admit I have dialed back on buying huge collector's editions. Good job. Especially if a whole bunch of come, stuff comes out at the same time. Now I only really do collector's editions on series that I just love the crap out of, like Sonic or Final Fantasy. And even then, like I didn't buy the... Uh, huge expensive collector's edition for final fantasy 15 just because i was skeptical about how that game good that game was going to be and i will admit i kind of regret not getting that because i would have liked getting the noctis figure but i had to dial start dialing some of that back because i was spending after i was spending ungodly amounts of money on argrest war collector's editions (laughs) yeah you come to evaluate your life choices. You made yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Lessons were learned. All right. So something that happened on last week that we talked about was that Steam started delisting or threatening to delist games that had a lot of sexuality. In the past week, they resent letters to those games and said, no, no, we're going to reevaluate these and then re- delist them if they actually do violate which was a very confusing response but i guess they're looking at them again and mistakes may have been made about those games um because they were there was no nudity in them so nobody really understood what was going on um budai responded to that saying i don't really understand steam and its rules with sexuality budai you're not alone like kelly said big triple a games like witcher 3 and gta full-on sex scenes i'm not sure what the cry out criteria for attacks by them is second why is violence allowed in a game but sexuality isn't well the answer to that is because we're north america and not europe yes um, isn't it time the gaming industry accepts sexuality as a valid artistic expression even if somebody finds it tacky i don't like it and the answer is because it, it, it has nothing to do with the game industry wants to do it's what they think congress will do to them if they allow that <laughs> Well, not, not only Congress, but just the how reactionary people are as a whole. I mean, look mm-hmm. at hot coffee. Yep. They didn't care that, you know, you were stealing cars and stuff. They cared that there were simulated sex in the game. But the, they won't stop to uh, pull out the other things you're doing in those games when it suits their arguments, though. No, so. no, no, of course not. But if, there, if there's going to be a huge stink, it's not going to be about the violence. It's going to be about the sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Severin Mira, I'd have to, I would, I'd have let this go if it was someone else, but how is Anna the only one who pronounced de riche? Um, and I don't know what he's referring to, but, uh, and Anna says, because I won't be on the show this week. And so Chris knows the proper term. The answer is language attrition. Use it or lose it really applies in this case. Anna's French is really getting bad. She's, she started doing, um, what's that internet thing that you, uh, Duolingo 
<laughs> for uh-huh. French to try and recover her French skills because she doesn't use it down here. <laughs> she didn't even use it in Canada mostly because uh, she was on the West Coast. They don't do much over there. Um, all right, Games Resks. So Games Rex Resk. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> there's there's a missing vowel. Uh, did Anna get her copy of the Cthulhu Saves the, the No. I keep calling this Kasulu Saves the Heroine. Oh, it's Cosmic Star Heroine Vita Collector's Edition on Limited Run Games this morning. Yes, she did get it because I had to put it in the order for her. <laughs> she was recovering. I got it too. Yeah. I got it too. Yeah. Um, she got it early because she was a backer. So. Yeah, same. It was so Thursday night. We got that coming, and I still haven't seen a good... I think I did. I saw it on the podcast last week, but I still think they didn't do a good job of, of showing pictures of what this collector's edition looks like because I can't <laughs> find it anywhere. <laughs> no. All I saw was the image in the email that Limited Run Games sent, and that was pretty much it. So everyone's going crazy about how it looks amazing, but I'm I'm not seeing much that shows it off, and I really would like to. But Okay, that's our feedback for the show. Um, we need a question for next week. Oh, man. I didn't think about this. I didn't think about this either. You'd think we'd think about this. What about what did what did you play on your Memorial Day weekend? What were yeah. you gonna say, Josh? Uh how about do you lament the demise of like digital uh, retro games? <laughs> That's better. Well isn't everyone gonna say yes? Oh I don't know. You know Maybe how some much people does. Yeah. some people don't care. Yeah. Sorry, I'm typing. Um, <laughs> how much do you care about digital retro games dying? So, is this a big deal to you or not? Do you, do you are you going to miss the virtual console, or is it like you know I was never playing them anyway? Uh, sadly, as much as I thought that I would care about the things like virtual console, I never spent time playing those games, so I don't think it matters much to me either. So, see, I I had to implement a rule that I couldn't really spend that much money on stuff that I already had multiple times. Yeah. And the only system that I really did rebuy stuff on was the 3DS, and that was the portable aspect. So, it may vary for some people. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the only thing well, I re- yeah, go ahead. Now, for like people like me, I still have my PS3 hooked up and stuff, or my Wii, even. so. I, I already own those. Do I need to keep buying in multiple systems? How many people do that, or does everyone retire their older systems? If you already have it, you don't need to keep getting it. Yeah, and see, I'm I'm starting to run out of space and my shelves and stuff. So I was seriously contemplating maybe putting some stuff in storage, like um, all of my Sonic the Hedgehog, Genesis games, and stuff like that, because I have those on so many systems now that I really don't need to pull out the Genesis to play. Well, don't put anymore. the statue in storage. Oh, of course statue. not. <laughs> of course not. But. You know, that's that's a possibility, too. That's funny. Oh, did we, also, still, though, did we ever send you that manual we owe you? No. Oh, God. Anna, we need to send Kelly that manual. We have to figure out where that manual is. <laughs> oh, no, we owe you that. I've, I've, I've been nice because you guys have had a rough year. And no, you should be I not don't... nice. You should be mean. Not gonna get it done unless you're mean. <laughs> you, you say that. Do you really want me to show up at your doorstep and break your kneecaps and go? Well, Where's you my show, Sonic Mania? If you show up at the doorstep, I can just hand it to you. Oh, 
Well, that, that would work too. really well, actually. Well, <laughs> That'd be a very efficient way of dealing anyway? with it. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> oh, can you just break my kneecaps anyway? No. Please Darn. no. We need Darn. one person in the house able to walk around easily. <laughs> All right. Oh, well. So let us know what you think about digital games dying by emailing us at podcast.rpgamer.com, calling or texting us at 608-729-4098, or posting on the website. Go to rpgamer.com, click on the RPG Cast section, and uh, post right there in the show thread. So nice and integrated now. No more having to go dig in the forums to find it. Right there on the post. It's nice and easy. Um, All right. So what's coming out this week? We got a few things. So we talked about this earlier. Fallen Legion's coming out on the Switch this week. Harvest Moon Light of Hope, the special edition thing's coming out on Switch and PS4. That's the console version of the PC game that's already been out for a little while. Uh, Knights in Pen and Paper Plus One Edition on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, this might be a good way to get back into Knights in Pen and Paper if you're like, man, I wish I had this portable. What, Anna? The Deluxier Edition, she says it's called. Die for Valhalla, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, and Linux. Moonlighter, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That's the one that's kind of like Reseteer in its structure where you run a shop and then at night you go dungeon crawling to get more items for your shop. West of Loathing coming out on the Switch. I love this game. You should play it. It's kind of a RPG slash adventure game. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Um, Smoke and Sacrifice for Switch and PC. Songbringer on the Switch. And Deep Sky Derelicts on PC. I don't know what that's about. Let's look at Deep Sky Derelicts. That's my pick for what the hell is this game? Um, uh, oh, that's like, uh, yeah, it looks like comic book um, presentation. and But it's a, it's a RPG, turn-based strategy RPG. Um, it's coming out of Early Access this week, it looks like. So that looks cool. Could be neat, could be... I don't know. Need a review. All right, so what are you going to play this week, Kelly? Um, Try to get into Hyrule Warriors and dipping my toe into that Sega Genesis collection and more Strange Journey. More Strange Journey. Uh, Josh? Got to finally finish Little Witch Academia, and then I'll probably start on Fallen Legion. Um, I should play Suikoden to make uh, Jonathan stop yelling at me, but I probably won't. I'll play more Fire Emblem yes. Awakenings. But, uh... hey, here's some here's some music. Play it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna play this week, Jonathan? Uh, playing Sweet Code Two right now. All right. As and... a little listening on my Vita. Anna, what are you gonna and... play? Anna's gonna finish playing Strange Journey. Oh, Damn, she's gonna smoke me in that game. <laughs> it, that's what she does. Don't feel bad. I, it's I what know, she does. but she makes me look bad. And she makes everyone look bad. All right. She has time for this stuff or something. I don't know. She also doesn't care about getting true endings sometimes. So, And then then a, then a game will come along and she'll play through it three times and like you still haven't finished it the first time and you really don't know what's going on. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being in the Twitch channel. And, uh, yeah, Ooh, our experiment with a uh, low-latency Twitch mode, that seems to have been a success. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone. We'll catch you next week. Until then, bye. And if you're in, if you're in Madison, Wisconsin, have fun at Bratfest. Woo! That's where I'm gonna go. Yeah. Well, okay. now I'm hungry. Mmm. Actually, Chick Fil A feeds good. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>